thing that the ATF is authorized to do is disband. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Not to hunt, it's to protect yourself from the police. Not only no gun control, but you know, we're going to destroy the whole concept because the internet's going to serve guns. And we want our rights, and by God, we're going to keep them. Come hell or high water. The E-Militia Podcast, Episode 70, What the Fuck is Happening in Australia, with Liberty Down Under. Good day, mate. Hey, I passed the health check. Yeah, you did. You're a healthy boy, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the E-Militia Podcast. I'm BR, aka BR Hates Feds, aka Bloody Revolutions. Fucking billion names at this point. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Guns and Guillotines, aka Guns. Howdy. (laughs) And Ms. Buckles. Good evening. And we're here to talk about what the fuck is happening in Australia. And to join us to discuss that is Liberty Down Under. Hello, it's good to be here. Yeah, I am. I have to say this on air. I have to repent for my sins because I'm a stupid boy with a a public school education who fucked up time zones like three to seven times (laughs) organizing this. I am conservatively going to say. Math is hard. So, uh. (laughs) <laughs> yes, math is very hard. So thank you for uh, for working with us on that, man. Uh, the the time zones actually work out pretty well in your favor. It's like yes, yes. one right one there right now, whereas uh, I've got yes. <laughs> guns is at like eleven p.m. right now. But yeah, I know how you feel. I hate time zones too. <laughs> As yeah, an Aussie, were, yeah. So before we before we get into it, we have to get into the real dirt here. Australia has like minutes in their time zones. It's a fucked up part of the world. <laughs> yeah, so normally Northern Territory and South Australia, which are in the in the middle, they're normally uh, half an hour behind me. So nine and uh, GMT plus nine and a half, and then South Australia's on daylight saving time right now, which means they're ten and a half. But Northern Territory isn't, so they're normally at the same time. But one state is now an hour ahead of the other state, but they're still half an hour off of what normally is done, which is normally like the like you normally go like one hour each time zone, but they're somehow, for some reason, they've gone, we'll go halfway, we'll have 30 minutes. Oh, Jesus. no. It, just trying to figure out when stuff's on, on like, TV over there. It's like, fuck it, I'm just getting Netflix. I can't be bothered with this shit. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to discuss that. Uh, we're here to discuss uh, Australia pursuing some of the most <laughs> tyrannical restrictions in the Western world. Because um, usually when we look at, when, when we saw China, like, you know, guys in full PPE, with rifles and shit grabbing people and chucking them in the vans way back when we were like, yeah, that's really fucked up and terrifying, but that's China. We kind of expected shit like that. And all over the world, these kind of more, you know, naturally authoritarian regimes or more, we know them to be authoritarian, like straight up, uh, North Korea, Iran, all that kind of the bad guy states were like, Ooh, yep. That's, that's a scary thing for them to do. But then we see, uh, we see the West kind of adopting a similar thing where the, equally as tyrannical and we're like oh it could happen here too and i i think everyone's kind of having that uh quote unquote great awakening don't want to trigger any any q people but uh a lot of people looking at australia and going oh yeah that's a pretty pretty similar society to ours and we're seeing guys get their skulls cracked for being out in public i mean what what the fuck is the temperature over there right now man uh, where I am, probably around twenty degrees Celsius. I don't know <laughs> no, what it is in Fahrenheit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, culturally, with the, with the government, it's horrible. <laughs> with the government, it's horrible. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, it's 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 like every day there's more news coming out, 
And I, I guess that makes it really difficult for us because we don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next day, which is, which is you know, ev- everyone's worried. Everyone, everyone's on edge. Like I've said before, like if, if I did a podcast every day on the news, I still wouldn't get to all of it. Yeah, no, seriously, like, you do a, a valiant fucking job of keeping up with it, because I, you know, I, I try and, I try and push, like, a fair smattering of world events towards my audience, and still, I can't get even an, a, a little bit of it towards them compared to what's coming out of Australia. It's just, every day there's some awful atrocity, some awful new decision being made that they're like, oh yeah, this will be the band-aid fix, and also we're going to crack your skulls a little bit harder until you comply, even though it's clearly not working. We need to get into uh, how, an Aust- how an Australian gets into the cause of liberty and actually acknowledging that government is a, a big scary thing, because... Wait, did it- we already go over your origin story and no, everything? No, 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 no. No. I, I jumped right into it, because it's a, it's a big fucking topic, but um, no, Australia's always had, like, weird... Weird things I've noticed, even like younger, like you, you, I always knew Australia was pretty censorious with en- entertainment, and I was like, huh. So they're a little bit more clamped down than Britain, and I always regarded that as like, huh. So they're like Britain, but a little bit worse, which was a little bit scary to me. And then I knew about the gun stuff as well from a young age, because I, I always thought it was bullshit in England. So I was like, okay, well, they're a little bit worse than England in multiple ways. That's interesting. But didn't think much more of it beyond that. But then when we see, you know, all this stuff stress tested, holy shit. And um, I, I guess, is there much of a Australian libertarian movement? And I mean, where, how did you find yourself, you know, in it? <laughs> so we have a small movement in our libertarian party here. It's called Liberal Democrats, which is, mm. not, which is not the UK Lib Dems. Uh, yeah. Pretty different. It's classical liberal. Um, so they're probably not as libertarian as the, the US libertarian party is but they're somewhere in in the general ballpark that we had a we had a former federal senator he had six years in david linehelm he's often considered to be the australian version of of ron paul or, or ron paul light uh again you know not being as as radical as, as ron paul is yeah but i guess where, where i started is if we go back to to 2016 i remember being at, at high school then i was um it was uh watching the u.s election at that high school it would have been a wednesday afternoon when we were outside doing sport but someone smuggled smuggled in their phone so they were giving us regular updates on the on the u.s election <laughs> because it was cold at 5 30 p.m our time uh that is the one benefit of you know being in aussie watching u.s elections it's like normal time zone for us <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, which way is the world gonna go? <laughs> You'd be is, like, is there... I, I... oh, sorry, sorry. I was gonna say, is there is there any? Was this more for like entertainment, or was there a lot of weight with this? Because I was doing the same thing, watching the U.S. election results. Like, oh, I wonder who we're gonna be fighting next. You know, <laughs> like, is it gonna be uh, the people Clinton goes after, or the people Trump goes after? So, is this the same kind of weight with Australia, or is it more just kind of like you know for Vance? There's a hatred of Trump. It's mm. Australia wide. It's not like most countries that aren't America. Uh, we didn't like Trump at all. The current prime minister we have, Scott Morrison, is often called Australia's Trump, which is not accurate, but still, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, because, you know, they, they have similar rhetoric sometimes, although not as extreme as, as Trump's rhetoric. So often he's called uh, Australia's Trump, which is really interesting considering some of his policies he's had, he's had on the COVID. So yeah, I remember watching that closely we were all getting like i supported hillary back then i was probably closest to a social democrat uh oh, if you're yeah. looking definitely authoritarian left 
uh, back then, but more traditional. So I still, you know, supported free speech and, and what have you. And fast forward to the next year, 2017, at the end of the year, we had a same-sex marriage, quote-unquote, plebiscite. wasn't really a plebiscite. It was a, a voluntary survey, basically, voluntary postal survey uh, for the Australians to choose if they wanted to support same-sex marriage or not. And then the results of that would then be used by the politicians in Canberra, our capital, to determine if they should vote for it or not. Uh, where I am, Toowoomba, our federal electorate, um, which is our version of district, uh, voted 50.8% against same-sex marriage, 49.2% <laughs> for it. Uh, we ba- we're basically the Australia's version of the Bible Belt. Mm. Uh, so we were, we, were one of, we were one of few, I think there's only like six or so electorates that voted against gay marriage. We were one of those. Um, so very conservative. Good for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> But yeah, I I'm just kidding. To... I love the gays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember talking to um, a couple of LGBT students in my in my year level, and I was saying, "Well, you know, we've got to at least give the Christian conservative right, you know, their, a chance to you know speak their piece on on same sex marriage, and, and you know, they're entitled to their own opinion." And basically, I was told, "You know, no, you're not. Like, it's, it's only the correct opinion can be spoken, which is our opinion that it should be legal." Uh, and that really, you know, was like. I guess the, my first sign that, you know, maybe PC culture isn't so good after all. I remember then we go forward to whew, 2018. Um, I was watching, you know, uh, Trevor Noah and and um, John Oliver a lot. Uh, I'm then so YouTube sorry. Recommended, then YouTube recommended Stephen Crowder to me for some reason. Uh, watched him, loved him. So he was basically my red pill. Um, oh, crazy. Me too, buddy. I can't believe <laughs> what, what what the Commonwealth people are getting radicalized by Crowder of all people. <laughs> well, Good I mean, Lord. he's Canadian, so he's Commonwealth as well. Yeah, so no, it could be that's, that. that's the thing. He gets. I I think you're right. He, he kind of gets the angle almost. Like, oh yeah, you're uh, you want to flee from this bullshit, eh? <laughs> but sorry, continue. Yeah, but like, I, I I preferred him. I I, could, I still can't stand Ben Shapiro. Like, I watched mm. him of his debates but I, I can't stand him he's very he seems to me to be very very self-righteous uh, so yeah i know a lot, i know a lot of aussie libertarians don't aren't, aren't a massive fan of, of ben shapiro i know some that are but i know a, a fair few who aren't uh so yeah looking at 2018 probably around the midterms uh, elections i was you know more because we had to we had our elections as well so i was more more neocon by then and then stayed that way. 2019, you know, suddenly became more libertarian, more, well, conservatarian, which is like the borderline between libertarian and conservative. And slowly, slowly drifted my way south to that classical liberal. Uh, and then by the time we reached the, the that March last year, I was had become a minarchist, you know, disappointed with, with Trump and, and Scott Morrison, who was our prime minister at the time and still is now you know, saying they claim to be, you know, conservative for freedom, but they actually weren't. Mm. Uh, but I hadn't become an anarchist yet. So for those who don't know, I'm currently at university studying a law degree. So I was like, I can't be a lawyer and also be an anarchist, you know, <laughs> you can't reconcile those. Two. <laughs> like, like working within the system, I guess, is what my stance is, is now. But, you know, how can I be someone who's a lawyer, but also who doesn't believe that we should have a legal system? Uh, because I still hadn't read, you know, much, much libertarian theory at that point. And then, but by about May, I was an anarchist because of seeing the COVID restrictions. I, I was not surprised. Like whenever I heard about new measures being brought in, I was never surprised. But when I saw this coming, 
in my work because I you know, had a had a passion for history. So I, you know, I wasn't surprised to see this at all. Even though I wasn't an anarchist at the start, I was not surprised to see the level of tyranny we're seeing right now. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, by May of last year, I was an anarchist, and you know, but still, I, did, I hadn't read much theory until about middle of middle of last year, and then. But still, I didn't because I know the Australian government and how they're like. I didn't want to, you know, talk about it online. Um, I wanted to be very careful because right now, in fact, I think it was last month they passed the Identify and Disrupt Bill, which basically means that if the federal government suspects you of possibly going to commit a crime that's against federal law, they can seize your phone and 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 computers and that sort of stuff if they think you might commit a crime. And uh, so that I was, had definition to, had to be very broader, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, by the day, it is, like, it is attending protests. And I mean, speaking out online, is that like, is there any way to do that that's considered a crime yet or a federal crime? Like any kind no, of but they, online? They, they have been. So there's a couple of, of big accounts. Um, you may have heard of Australians versus the agenda on Instagram, 20,000 plus followers, uh, which the, the guy was named Anthony Kalouf. He was arrested for eight months behind bars for... Um, uh, inciting protests. Um, Avi Yemeni, of course, has gotten in trouble. Aussie Cossacks, uh, just a few days ago, um, got arrested for for breaching health orders. Mm. Um, I don't know the details. I don't know the details about that yet. Um, still waiting for them to come out. Uh, so yeah, there's there's been a lot of a lot of clamping cramping down on um, on you know anyone who's any, remotely. Liberty minded, and of course, Anthony Kalouf is is more conservative. But even still, like he's being clamped down on. Um, Friendly Geordies, who's on on YouTube, he's more left wing, uh, but he got in trouble with um, Barilaro, who's who was the the deputy premier of New South Wales. So even people, even people on the left, who are being a bit critical of of the government. Although, I mean, he's a leftist criticizing uh, a right wing government. But even then, you know, he was getting in trouble with, with the law. So, definitely, you know, I was being really concerned about, you know, I shouldn't really, you know, be political online. So, I compromised and I, I made a um, uh, more of like a human rights aimed Instagram and, and Twitter. Never really took off. But then, I, like, I woke up in end of October, would have been. I woke up one morning and my account was banned. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I stayed away from politics mostly. You know, a few. Post when people were a bit more conservative here, here and there, because I knew my audience was mostly conservative, because um, I was following a few people who followed me, and I could see they were they were mostly conservative. So I tried to you know take that angle. Uh, so, but then uh, that was banned. So I'm like, well, screw it. I'll make this account. So I made Liberty Down Under on Instagram and and Twitter, and I'm now at around eleven thousand followers, and haven't been banned yet. So the human rights themed account was banned after three months. It had around 600 followers, um, and now I've got 11,000 and haven't been banned. It's been almost a year. Damn. Well, I mean, so that, I just... That's, saw, that's basically my story. Yeah, I just saw you came out with the uh, the backup account today, and I think that's... Uh, is, is that brand new? No, the backup account's been there for, uh, for a while now, but I just... Oh, okay. I keep, I, I keep, I keep I putting a post on it, that's all. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, okay. Like You, you followed me then, that's, that's what it was. But I saw it, I was like, ah, good, yeah. <laughs> He's preparing for the inevitable. I used to yeah. think, like, well, although guns, I mean... I've been nuked four times now, and Guns is still on his OG account, and I fucking hate it. Yeah. Is is Guns? Are you are you private or, or public? I'm private. Yeah, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Call it whatever you want, it works. <laughs> yeah. If you just if, post if shitty raccoon memes, you don't get sucked. That's where I'm at. Ugh. 
yeah. So well, I, 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 I have been criticized by Americans, you know, oh, you're not being a radical anarchist with the, with the posting. And I'm like, if I am, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my account taken down and, you know, be banned mm-hmm. and, and obviously, you know, could face criminal charges and whatnot. And, of course, wanting to become uh, a lawyer, um, you have to go to the Supreme Court of your, of your state and, you know, prove you don't have a criminal record. So if you've got any crimes, like, to your name, then you basically it's really difficult to be, get into the legal profession because obviously they don't, they don't want criminals um, as lawyers because you're meant to be there representing the people in court. So I have to try to be really really careful with with what I do online. But fortunately, haven't been haven't been taken down yet, which is good. Yeah, I mean that that's you know a lot of people criticize having a more uh, removed personality online that you know might not necessarily be your your face like Kerry Wedler or someone, and you, instead it's. Uh, anonymous it's like well with good fucking reason like <laughs> but me myself and buckles were at a 2a rally 2020 and uh, buckles you you remember the the quote i'm referencing right which one? Oh, from last uh, year and then uh, the year before that the antifa one. Oh my god are you the one where she's like are you wearing a mask because you're antifa yeah like we were masked up at a 2a rally and this woman had a um like a anti-red flag laws pin on her i'm like oh my god you don't get what the fuck you're protesting woman like we need to be we need to be removed because the consequences at this point they're becoming more and more tangible like just having an online opinion can really fuck up your life these days i just watched a video that warbear actual posted where there it's in australia and they've got photocopies of the dude's memes he posted yes and they're flipping through it and i'm like we're here now <laughs> yeah is is that like is that a really alien out of left field thing or is that pretty common these days is what like like the government like, checking up on that sort of stuff yeah yeah it, it's yeah pretty, like it's pretty com- common commonplace coming door to door with printouts of memes yeah. and i mean photos i saw like protests. the one woman I, that was arrested for doing the protest i haven't seen that they probably they probably took the memes house to house because of like I'm guessing that was he was arrested or something like that. Um, I don't know the full story there, but it, that isn't like I haven't heard that anywhere else. But I know the government is keeping. I'm pretty sure they keep pretty sure they're keeping tabs on on all that sort of stuff. You know, who's posting what? I think I've had a couple of possible feds um, in in my Instagram uh, messages. The here really? here and there had one recently. Um, who was asking me about the the Aussie Cossack thing, um, who, which I don't, which I, which I hadn't heard about, and then he started asking me my my age and um, my ideology and sort of stuff. It was very very <laughs> sus. Then he said, "I'm an ASIO agent. ASIO is like our version of CIA, F- FBI." Uh, but his his profile picture for his account was um, Tarrant, the the Christchurch shooter. What the Ooh. fuck? Which is interesting. <laughs> So wait, wait, wait. So why, why was there any context to why they admitted to being an agent? You know, quote unquote admitted. Um, I can get the messages up now, but basically, you know, I said, you know, they, he asked me my age, and I said I don't want to say that for, for safety reasons. Um, and then he then he says I'm an ASIO agent, and I'm like, okay, okay well I, now I really don't want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I blocked. <laughs> So I blocked him um, just to be sure. Like, I don't know if it's like, there's no way of telling for sure. Um, but just to be on the safe side, there have been a few, a few feds here and there, you know, on other people's accounts, that sort of stuff. So we are, you know, trying to, to keep very close tabs on people um, from our own network. I've got, I think I've got a network of around 50 people on that I've brought together on, 
on Twitter and we're all looking at for one another um, and obviously making sure that, you know, we're, we all are actually real libertarians, not not feds. Um, yeah. So far, I haven't found any feds acting as libertarian accounts yet, which is fortunate. Uh, but people, but they're obviously, you know, acting as like their own, like personal account sort of thing. But to, to be just a normal person asking stuff. But yeah, I haven't seen any feds acting as libertarian meme accounts per se yet. Yeah. Like, something that, something that Asicist and Mel, I think we talked about on a previous episode was how, how hard it is to blend in with our kind of community because we're so niche and autistic about so many little, little details and like little snippets <laughs> of theory. There's, there's apparently like quotes from, uh, from federal agents saying, or, uh, saying, I think from the nineties, just how hard it is to, infiltrate our kind of groups because we're we're just so hyper specific and just nerdy as fuck about this stuff that trying to trying to penetrate it it's like uh, honestly they're just a bunch of they're a bunch of dorks they're they're harmless and then then they go they go on their way because they can't understand what we're on about so it might be a bit easier for them in australia because most libertarians here haven't read much theory i'm probably the exception there um i've read you know mises hayek rothbard uh, Thomas Paine, what have you, but most libertarians in Australia haven't read much theory. They well, might have read bits, a... like snippets here and there, but because it's more, it's more, uh, there's more focus on being practical and pragmatic as opposed yeah. to being as opposed to, to theory. Uh, but not as autistic as people, you know, who are complaining. <laughs> who are complaining on. I I get the joy of like watching Liberty Twitter have meltdowns while I'm like basically eating popcorn watching it. It's hilarious to me because we don't have that over here. Like we don't have caucuses or anything like that because there are so few of us that like I'm very much a, a big tent libertarian. I'd rather have a bunch of people be classical liberals and have a few people be anarchists. It's is my stance because that's what we need in Australia right now uh, because there are so few of us here. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just no time for it you know the kind of attitude yes. where they have the luxury of complaining about every little inconsistency and and having little squabbles and pissing matches and dick measuring it's like what the fuck are these losers because clearly it's all for clout you know it's like yeah is is this a fight or are you in a popularity contest because it doesn't look like much of a fight to me <laughs> and in your situation i mean you know it, it's a harsh description but but some people call Australia the canary in the coal mine in terms of, you know, liberty and kind of your normal Western societies. It's like, you look at Australia, it's like, oh, well, that's 15 years away, maybe less, especially these days. And, and and for people to see what's going on in Australia and still be like, yeah, we should squabble about caucuses. I mean, a <laughs> little bit off the mark. Yeah. But I, I guess that's the luxury of having in a way a younger movement you know because i mean look at what we're doing when we have a what i mean 40 years of the libertarian party and then much more of a rich history of anarchism aside from that and what are we doing with those those resources <laughs> not a lot i think our, our lib dems turned 20 this year so it's not it hasn't really been here for very long you're looking at one or two generations at max yeah and, and then has there been so i i saw that flag you posted today uh what was it called the, so with, it's, with a, it's the Eureka, the Eureka Stockade flag crossed with the with the Gadsden flag. Yeah, so, so, the, so the original I, I'd seen had been used by like all sorts of different protest groups from like across the political spectrum, kind of like the Gadsden and similar symbols. So yeah, I was so curious the, about Australia's history of you know rebellion in general. If there was much of that culture, so the Eureka Stockade flag comes from the Eureka Stockade, which is eighteen fifty four. Uh, gold miners. 
against um, the state's enforcers. Uh, basically, they were upset about licensing and taxation, and basically, it's like similar to America almost against you know about licensing and you know um, lack of oversight with what the police are doing and taxation without without representation in 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 Parliament, and they complained about like how they were treated. Uh, there was a race element there that they didn't like the Chinese coming and taking all the gold because uh, we had a big Chinese um, immigrant influx for the gold mining. They didn't like the Chinese being here taking gold. Uh, mm. but apart from that, most of their other you know stances are pretty are pretty good. Um, they then fought the the states and forces, lost, went to court, and but because it was such a popular movement, the jury acquitted all of them, as far mm. as I know. Uh, so they actually then, fought it later in court and won. Yeah, they won well, in court. But that, that, that'll tell me to shut the fuck up next time I joke about that. Because because <laughs> it was it was all jury decided back then. Mm. Uh, in in today's day and age, we don't really have juries for for civil issues like civil law issues, and not for all, and we don't have jury for every criminal law matter either. Uh, mm. So so back back then we had juries for everything. So the jury you know acquitted the people because they were. So it's such such a popular movement, and a lot of the a lot of the one the, the, a lot of the reforms they wanted were eventually put in place. Um, there was a report that came out about the same time. I think it was a couple of years. I think it started a couple of years before eighteen fifty four, and that report, you know, was there was eventually put in place because there were a lot of the stuff that came out in that report. The miners wanted to. Uh, it did start a lot of our racist policies towards towards the Chinese. Um, that eventually developed developed into the white Australia policy. Which basically was like a really, really strong immigrant law, worse than Trump's, but by mm. far. But yeah, the the Eureka stockade flag is used from every everything by trade, everything from trade unions to to neo Nazis. Yeah, I, I saw even apparently some communists had repped it. I was like, wow, that is a broad yeah. spectrum of appeal right there. <laughs> if you but, think um, about it, as in the way that all, almost all communists, no matter who you talk to, they'll all try and link it back to Marx, in yeah. in some way. Marxist, Leninist, Stalinist, Maoist, whatever, they're all trying to link it back to Marx. It's the same sort of thing here. You know, you have that, you, like, you have that Eureka stockade flag and it gives you automatic credibility almost to some people at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that's perfectly fair. Just like, you know, you'll see every, everyone from anarchists to hardcore nationalists and stuff rocking uh, the Gadsden. Yeah. It's a complicated symbol. And because it has that instant credibility, it's like, no, 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 that, that's ours. <laughs> it me- it means what we think, but you know everyone. Has well, I don't. I don't see. I don't see many leftists using the Gadsden. Yeah, no, no, no that, that's definitely true. I think it's. I, I think in America, it's more like uh, there's a lot of variety amongst the right wingers, and so it's like kind of you know, is this is this nationalism? Is it authoritarian? Is it anti-authoritarian? Blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah, interesting how how symbols get reused. Are symbols like that? commonplace in society like is that something you'd see like in you know any kind of given protest or 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 is there not much of a uh, a tie to history for the masses of australians in that way it depends on the protest obviously a lot of movements we try and use flags like uh we've got the the um what's what's called the 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 civil uh civil merchant merchant fleet um that we have their flag which is the Australian flag, but with a red field, not a blue field. Um, the merchant, like civil merchant, anti whatever it's called, that's often used, especially on the right. Eureka stockade flag being used all across the 
the board that you reek across. Um, but apart from that, and obviously the Australian flag as well, but apart from that, uh, no, it, it will depend on what the protest or the movement is. See, that's of interest to me because you see a similar thing in England where when it's time to turn up to protest, because they've been, you know, just like, made into very, very good tax cattle for so fucking long. Culturally, there really isn't much of a culture of rebellion. It's it's sanitized, you know, to, like, punk rock and, like, a little bit of attitude and maybe some football hooliganism, and that's where the energy gets out. But no real rebelliousness. And kind of tied into that is the complete lack of symbols. They've all been just stomped out. There's no symbols of protest to really rally behind. And so every single new movement has to kind of draft up their new symbol to get everyone behind. And like, uh, whatever that, that new, that new age Greenpeace thing, uh, extinction rebellion or whatever in England, yeah. like that, that cropped up and everyone fucking hated them because they were awful. And, and their symbol is now just associated with that awfulness. You know, it's, there's no, there's no symbols that really stand the test of time in, in Commonwealth cultures, I find. So, Whenever these movements start up, it's very easy to just vilify them and put them away instead of tie them to, like, kind of a, a good act of defiance in the past. At least in the UK, you guys did have to fight World War II to, to you know, for your nation to survive. Uh, whereas yeah. Canada, Australia, New Zealand, we didn't have even that level. So obviously the USA has that most, they're, they're the, the most pro-freedom because they have that, that history there. Whereas I think the UK Civil War was, what, 1640s? Um, and that's all you've had, and there's been nothing of the like in the rest of the Commonwealth nations, or at least the white ones, um, Canada, South Africa to an extent, um, Australia, New Zealand. Um, whereas at least in, in UK, you're slightly more f- pro freedom because you did have to fight in World War Two to for your nation to survive and to have your freedoms. But we haven't even had that level of 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 threat to our nation at all. Yeah, it's it it really kind of. I, I know it, it makes it makes the populace just so pampered and and weak to having to fight for anything and and so like Americans there's, there's always some kind of social movement in America because they've always had to fight for something you know whether it was um, civil rights or you know, some some police brutality thing or the draft or whatever it might be but in in Commonwealth countries there's just not that same kind of uproar it's just and that's why they always they look to the states and kind of shake their head and go like, "Oh no, not here. We're we're well behaved where I'm from," because <laughs> they just don't have the kind of that in them. But I mean, the interesting thing about this these lockdowns is that we're starting to see where the line is in terms of like how how badly can you treat these people until they're like, "Hmm." Maybe this is wrong, despite everything I've been told my whole life by everyone around me. And I mean, England, you're you're actually seeing sizable protests in the. I mean, Christ, the same thing in Australia, of course. Like very, very dramatic protesting going on. What's that? What's that growing pain kind of been like? Ah, oh, you're um, you're not one hundred percent correct. There, we do have most Australians still support these measures. Okay, so we've well, had. Yeah. So we've had three elections, state-level state elections since COVID started. Uh, Tasmania, which, which is that island to the south, um, they have 25 seats in the lower house. Uh, the Liberal government before the election had Liberal being conservative. Weird. Again, you know, Liberals <laughs> are conservatives. Liberal Democrats are classical Liberals. It's, it's a bit weird. And then, of course, our Labor being Labor Party with uh, no U in it either. 
for some weird reason. Whew. All right, that's they, a lot so going they, on. They were 13, they had 13 or 25 seats, which is a one-seat majority before the election, and that stayed the same after the election, so there was no real change there as far as I know. Um, I could be wrong. I don't often worry about Tasmanian politics. They're down the bottom. No one really cares about them. But Queensland <laughs> and Western Australia, um, so I'm, I'm in Queensland, the Western Australia being on, on the West Coast. It's the big state over there, uh, biggest state in, in Australia. They We both have had Labour governments uh, before the election. So we had the election in Queensland was November last year, I think. And then in Western Australia, it was this year. Both saw a uh, a swing towards the Labour government. After the pandemic? So the election, there was a swing towards them. So in Queensland, the Liberal... We only have one House of Parliament in in Queensland, the lower house. the Liberals already had a minority, but Labor had the majority, and Labor picked up four more seats. Greens picked up one, and the Liberal Party lost five. And there was a, there was a slight swing towards Labor there. So Labor in the, the Labor government in in Queensland has basically said. So even though Scott Morrison, the, the Prime Minister, has said, you know, once you hit once you hit eighty percent vaccinated, you have to open up internationally. The Labor government in here and Queensland basically said no. We'll open up when it's safe to do so. When it's safe yeah. to do so, that's not open ended or anything. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> it, that's that that's that is seriously concerning for us. And then Western Australia as well; they've had a really hard border the whole time, and they're also saying the exact same thing. They're saying ninety percent, and now that they, they could be become even even worse. Um, for for Western Australia, we don't know because they keep changing that around. Uh, the government has not been consistent at all with with regard to giving us deadlines, and and you know when we're going to get freedom back because they keep changing it around. At one point, they were saying international travel won't get back to normal until twenty twenty four. Now Jesus they're saying it, Now they're saying it will be end of this year, side of next year, possibly. But you, I think you need the vaccine. You're going to probably need the, need the vaccine because we've got vaccine mandates in place. Now, which I can go to into later if you want me to. But yes, yeah, so you also had Western Australia. Um, they, the in the lower house, the Labor government had forty seats. They picked up thirteen. A swing of around eighteen percent, and in the upper house, it was a swing of around twenty percent. I think it's nineteen point nine from memory. So almost twenty percent a swing towards towards the Labor government in in the um in the upper house as well. They picked up. I think they had a bare, bare majority. They could have even had a minority in, in, in near the upper house. So they picked up eight eight seats in the in the upper house as well. The Liberal Democrats had one seat there, and they lost that seat in the upper house. So I'm presuming Labor are the harshest on restrictions. Yes, they they are the harshest. Again, not the but both sides are often support these restrictions. Um, yeah. In again, New South Wales is is liberal. Scott Morrison is, is liberal. Uh, you do have the three popular Labour premiers, which are Dan Andrews of, of Victoria, Mark McGowan, Western Australia, and Anastasia Palaszczuk for, for Queensland. They're called the three popular Labour premiers because they all obviously very popular. If you ever want to get blackpilled, go on Twitter, look up hashtag I stand with Dan for five minutes and you'll be blackpilled. <laughs> I don't a, recommend, I don't recommend he, looking that up. Is he the uh, the dorky guy that looks like uh, the old man from Up? Yeah, 
Okay, yeah, he makes me fucking sad. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Christ. What, what is the awfulness I'm going to hear out of Oz today? <laughs> yeah, look, um, they, they are pretty pretty bad down Victoria. They're probably the worst. They, do, they held the record now for the most lockdown place in the world. Well, for COVID. <laughs> uh, like, just completely internationally versus even internationally Asia and stuff. Wow. Everywhere. They're the most locked down. They have the record. 230-something days, I'm pretty sure it is. Jesus Christ. They had and... a full they had a full month lockdown last year. Um they actually they're and then they're in they're in lockdown six right now. <sighs> six lockdowns in eighteen months. Oh I can feel my mental health suffering even just hearing that. So Good when 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 COVID when COVID started and we had the, the lockdowns, they were effective to start with. Uh, so we beat, we beat COVID a couple of times, but then it kept coming back in, and every time it came in, then it just got worse and worse. But the lockdowns dragged on for longer. So every time COVID comes back, you know, it we always see worse and worse measures being taken by the government. Uh, at one point, uh, Queensland this year, because we, we have the, the, the current breakout in New South Wales and Victoria, so Queensland uh, closed their border completely. So how they did quarantining is they did what's called hotel quarantine, where if you travel into Queensland, you have to stay in in government-provided accommodation for 14 days. They, didn't, they, didn't, they don't let you quarantine at home. Um, but what that meant is then eventually they, they claimed that the facilities were full. Uh, so then they said, we're going to close the border completely for 14 days. And I think three or four days into that 14-day period, they let in the, the wives, girlfriends, and children of 100 football players. Football, <laughs> being, football being not soccer. Or football to everyone else except the, what the, UK, uh, the UK, obviously, you guys call soccer football, but everywhere else uh, to what we call football um, because they moved, they're moving all the sport around from, from state to state uh, because it, there's this famous quote from the from the Roman Empire, if you give the people bread and circuses, they'll be happy forever, even under the worst tyranny. So they're of moving course. sport from place to place. Um, AFL, which is Aussie Rules Football, um, they had their grand final in Perth about the same time as Victoria hit the record for uh, most days in lockdown. Both teams <laughs> that got into the grand final were were Victoria, was from Melbourne. So what? Victorian Labor... Okay, Victorian Labor bl- blames Scott Morrison for the fact that Dan Andrews had to put the state into lockdown to the extent that people couldn't go watch the football game. So apparently it's the federal government's fault that Dan Andrews chose to put the state in lockdown. <laughs> There's lots of blame shifting on all sides. Christ. I mean, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's just what they do everywhere. Every election's a chance to wash your hands and be like, the government doesn't do that. That's what the old guys did. Good government will fix this. <laughs> But Jesus, yeah, that's um. I, I heard about some influences like uh, athletes and stuff being paid off to kind of uh, stand by the lockdowns. Have you heard much about that in Australia? Yes, we have had have we have had a few like that. Um, from what I've heard, uh, none so recently. A few people but speak out and then yes. be like, "All right, I'm not going to be paid, to, and this is happening." Just so you guys know. Did that make any kind of rumble, or was it kind of just a whisper amongst the, the shitstorm? It hasn't been massive because people on both sides, by both sides I mean left and, and right, are, are pro-lockdown. Yeah. Um, the left is more supportive of it, 
and a lot of the right is apathetic or supportive of it. Um, when Gladys Berejiklian, who was the premier of of New South Wales, she stepped down for for because she was being she was being investigated uh, for corruption, so she's resigned from state politics. Although she's probably going to run in the, the federal election early next year, uh, she stepped down, and then there was uh, what is literally described as a mourning for her leaving. People were sending flowers to her office, writing cards, literally writing thank you notes on the windows of her office. Oh, uh, there, was, there, was, there was a petition started to have her reinstated. Statism is alive and well in Oz. And that's, that's being done by the right. And left is saying we need to lock down harder and faster. What we're doing now is not, is not enough. We need to go more. <laughs> we need more. Uh, Dan, again, Dan Andrews, the, the I stand with Dan, uh, is his followers, they will back up anything that he says. Uh, he got, he was actually, he was caught not wearing a mask twice, I think last week. Um, he's going to get, a, he's going to get fined, I think $400, which is quite low for not wearing a mask twice. Um, and his followers defended him. Uh, I personally considered the isolating with Dan cult to be the equivalent of how QAnon treats Trump. It's about the same level in my mind. Kind of quasi-religious and like there's no longer rational thought involved. It's just like, yep, no, no, no. He did this for a reason. I just have to find the evidence. So you (laughs) may have heard of a guy on on Twitter. I say guys. We think it's uh, actually, we think the person behind is actually um, one of Dan Andrews' staff. Um, But the the, the account is called PR Guy. Mm. At PR Guy 17, I think around 30... 3,300, no, 33,000 followers. Um, last I checked, could be even more. They, they kept was getting about 100 a day at one point. Uh, and they basically said, you know, when we had the, the tradie, or I guess tradesmen for non-Aussies uh, protests a couple of weeks ago, they were saying that those weren't tradies. They were Nazis, far-right <laughs> extremists, and paid members of the Liberal Party. Jesus they claimed that literally thousands of people went out and bought high-vis clothing and they went to protest on Tuesday. So apparently thousands of people went out, bought high-vis uniforms Monday night and then went to protest on Tuesday. Killer. That's, that's, that's what they're claiming. <laughs> so the, the union workers were didn't did not like having a, a vaccine mandate. The unions, some of them were saying that, you know, we'll, who encourage vaccines, but we weren't mandated. Then uh, the CFMEU, which is the biggest union in, in Victoria, which is then a member of the ACT, the Australian Council of Trade Unions, the so CFMEU um, and their secretary, John Setka, said, okay, we're going to mandate vaccines. So the, the traders protested on that Monday. They, they were protest- so on the Friday before, they were also protesting about uh, different COVID restrictions. They had, like, they couldn't have break rooms or anything like that. Like that. So they few hundred of them went out and sat and had their their um, lunch break on on streets mm. because they couldn't because they couldn't use break rooms as a protest. And we had Saturday was normal protests, and then Monday was when the tradies went back and the protesting against the the the, um, the mandate. And then first John Setka, and then Sally McManus, the secretary of the ACTU, which is which is federal, um, called the protesters far right extremists. They called their own union workers far right. Mm-hmm. 
But of course, uh, hearing that BLM's going to be protesting in America against uh, lockdown mandates is good for us because either the left calls BLM far right mm-hmm. or they admit that not all protesters against the mandate are far right. Either way, it's win for us. Yeah, I had the same thing happen in my comments. I was like, oh, whoops. Well, I guess there's some crossover. Well, there goes that talking point. Can we talk about it, you know, beyond the fucking name calling and and uh, putting shit in boxes, you know? Because that, that's just a deflection from what the real issue is. Yeah. <laughs> like, basic autonomy. But no one wants to talk about that. Yeah, that, that's unfortunately the way it is, I think, because the left just ignored that completely. Uh, we had so we have the, we have what's called the ABC, the Australian Broadca- Broadcasting Corporation, which is taxpayer funded media, mm-hmm. uh, which which are left wing, but the right th- where the left thinks is a, a right wing. Um, oh yeah. As proof, um, Lee Sales, a reporter for ABC, she does a seven thirty report every every night, every weeknight, um, Monday to Friday, I think, and she had, and she criticised Dan Andrews once, and is now conservative. Uh, so if you criticize our, if you, if you criticize Dan Andrews, our great leader, Dan Andrews, you are conservative. doesn't matter who you are. You at the very least, you're conservative. And of course, liberal, uh, libertarians or classical liberals for the, from the Lib Dems are considered to be hard right. Mm. Uh, so our liberal party or liberal national party is a coalition between liberals and nationals. It's, it's complex. I'm not going to get into that. But basically, um, they are to the left of the GOP. Um, so I'm guessing all Americans would know about our our gun control, right? Oh, for sure. It's, it's you know, half the talking point right now. So that was put in place by the Liberal government in 1996, 97, in their first term in office. So we had Labor for about 15 years. Um more than that, probably um, under under Hawke and Keating, which is more than 15 years of, of Labor government. And then in 1996, um, John Howard, who was the Prime Minister from the Liberal Party, put in place those gun control laws. So our Conservatives are nowhere near as conservative as the GOP are because they will outright take away, take away your guns. The, the Republicans will slowly take away your guns. Like, like they'll, they'll slowly erode your rights. The conservatives here... They don't care. They'll take away all of it at a moment's notice, as we saw with, with their gun control uh, laws. See, that's that's unfortunately the state Australia is in right now. You've got both both sides are, e- are eager to to crack down wherever they can, and most of this, most of their voters support it. Yeah, very much. Um, something must be done. Is kind of politics. Yeah, where uh, I, it, it's so strange when you have a government that <laughs> continually both sides take things away from the public and both sides cheer them on. Like, no, no, no our guys are, are better at this job. Like, and, and no one, no one thinks anything of it. It's just like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> this is the way, this is the way things should be going now. We should be having these things removed from us. They should be protecting us. And just this complete outsourcing of responsibility, which is, you know, like, I guess why it's been so easy to get compliance and why it's so popular in these Commonwealth countries, because it's not common to, to think for yourself. Yeah. And was there much, uh, much coverage of the, you know, the police brutality that was happening during the, uh, the union no. protests? No, the, the most recent uh, tradey ones, uh, the Victorian police literally had a no-fly zone put over Melbourne. Hmm. So you couldn't get aerial shots. Then Facebook stopped live streams. And then 
either as a coincidence or um, because of the government, there were white, there were internet problems all throughout Melbourne. Mm, that's we don't have we don't have any proof that it was the government. So either it's either it's a convenient, either it's the, the government or it's a convenient coincidence. Either way, um, that made it even more difficult to organise. And then by Thursday, Friday, the protests are basically petered out because of of government. Um, and police brutality. So you basically had a few protesters here and there on on street corners, but they couldn't they couldn't organise because of the police. Uh, I think it was just last week I was sharing uh, photos on on Twitter and Instagram of APCs, armoured cars, yeah, uh, Bushmaster armoured cars in in New South Wales. They were spotted there. They've also apparently been spotted in in Victoria. We don't have any stories there. All we know is that they have spotted, um, you know, armored vehicles. But definitely, you got rubber bullets being used, and then then the left denied that they were being used. The left said, you know, show us the proof. Then we showed them the proof of people with with bruises, and then they said, oh, you know, that's fake uh, pepper spray. Of course, there's that that well known photo of the old lady lying on the ground, with two police officers over her spraying her, yeah. um, which I'm sure every every American has seen it by this point. And you also had. Um, that that more, more recently the the police officer choking the the white woman um, outside literally had his had his hands over her throat. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine if imagine if that was George Floyd. Imagine the outrage compared to if it's a white woman. Well, that's that's what we've been seeing. I in this one video of um, these officers coming to a guy's door about I, I believe it was a picture of a protest and they're like, were you at this protest? Because he posted this on Facebook. And he was like, "Well, what if it was a BLM protest? You're like, you're like, would you be at someone's door for for that?" And they were like, "Oh, we might be." And he's like, "No, you wouldn't be. <laughs> Come on, like, fuck off. Like, we. It's I, clear yeah. the kind of the kind of things that are being okayed and the kind of things that aren't. And it's it's strange because both have incidents of police brutality, but some are getting greenlit and some are getting outright censored to really fucking suspect levels." So I, I've I actually shared a video probably a f- about a month ago on on Instagram and, and Twitter. I compared a um, police commander this year saying protests don't work; they they've never worked. Yes. Don't try them because it's all it's going to do is you know make things bad for everyone. Compared to the deputy police commissioner, he's basically the 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 second in command of the Victorian police from last year, saying that it's a human right to be able to protest. Yeah, no, I, I that was that, that was during that the BLM. That was during the BLM protests. Um, we literally had police officers kneeling with protesters <laughs> last year, compared to now where they're abusing them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're fucking cracking skulls and oh Christ! Did did you um? I mean, I think you you shared the video of the guy with the cracked skull, right? No, I didn't share that one, but yeah, I did see that one. Was the I, I I mean I I have to keep on asking, but like, did that go anywhere? Because that's a fucking serious incident of police brutality. The the guy died in hospital, right? I I do know I don't know if that, if that was him. I do know there was a story about someone dying that was falsely reported. It was the Daily Mail story that a lot of oh, Americans okay. and 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 Brits and and other people were sharing, which wasn't actually correct. It was Daily Mail being Daily Mail. Um, in, in the story, they even said that he didn't actually die, uh, but the the um the headline said he did. 
Um, what the fuck? That's why it's safety. worth like asking these things and yeah. poking and prodding. Because I mean, Christ knows at this point. So I don't know about the guy with the fractured skull. I don't know having to him, but I do know that there was one person that Daily Mail claimed died, but he that actually didn't die. So it's it's important to be careful with this. Um, I went on a personal crusade back in June, uh, be, maybe July, because there was a video that was started by a few Americans and Germans of police tackling protesters, which they then captioned as being Australian police going out into the street to tackle <laughs> people and give them the vaccine. Oh. Wow. So these, these, people, these are people who were in the park um, at, about, about around the time of, of, of as protests that were getting tackled by the police. But then a uh, few Americans and Germans started this video that went viral that said that, no, they were actually... Uh, vaccine patrols that would literally jab people <laughs> on the side, on, on the roadside, um, which wasn't the case at all. And but it went viral. So myself and then a couple of others joined me later on. But you know, wherever we saw the video, we were saying like this is not actually true. It's not actually they're not actually being forced to have the vaccine. Uh, but we do have vaccine mandates now. I was actually looking at one uh, at the New South Wales one um, just a few days ago. Actually, I think it could have been a couple of nights ago. It was, Helping another guy, you know, understand it because obviously with the with the law degree, a lot of Aussies come to me and ask me questions like, "Oh, what do you think about this this yeah. law?" Even though like I'm no expert, it is just I'm um, what second year in. But basically, so that we've got we've got uh, under the current mandate in in New South Wales, uh, it's it's basically a vaccine mandate. It's almost it's it's not completely like everywhere. I think there's a couple of exceptions here and there. But it is almost a complete mandate statewide, and it's very hard to get an exception. So it's only freedoms for those who are fully vaccinated, and it's then def- and then sorry, it's, it's for the va- freedoms for the vaccinated, which is then defined in the in the mandate as being someone who's fully vaccinated, and that's not defined, meaning that fully vaccinated mean which means they can use this whenever we get booster shots. Um, yep. because there's no definition of fully vaccinated. It means every time there's a new booster shot, you don't get these freedoms back until you get that booster shot. So for you to be exempt from the vaccine mandate, and you'll provide you're over 16, um, you must be, so you, you must meet four criteria. The premise must the premises must be outside of the greater Sydney area, which is um, about, I think, 8 million people in, in Sydney and uh general area there obviously it's in the name so you must be the premises must be outside of greater sydney you must live outside of greater sydney area you must have had one dose of the vaccine and you must be there for work that's the only way to get around the vaccine mandate if you're over 16 so basically you have to be there for work and have one jab and that that's yeah that's it um that's the, that's the only way you get around the the, the vaccine mandate We've got the Melbourne Cup, which is a horse racing coming up uh, November second. You've got a, it's a fifth. It's going to be the trial run for the, for basically what they're calling the vaccine, the vaccine economy. Only those who have the vaccine can be involved in in the economy and and business that sort of stuff. So mm. fifteen thousand people who have the jab are going to get are going to be allowed to go watch the 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 horse races. Basically, if you don't if you don't uh, have the jab, you're screwed. They can't they they, they can't fire you. Like they can't mandate that you be fired for not getting both doses because that's um, there's legal issues there. But basically, you're um, 
it's called no jab, no pay, basically. So if you didn't get the Jesus. vaccine, if you didn't get the vaccine, you don't get an income. Uh, it's, a, it's a play on on the policy for, for schools, which is no hat, no play, which is basically, you know, if, you, <laughs> if, if, if you don't bring a hat to school, you can't go outside and play. Uh, so it's Australians, you know, playing on that to then say no jab, no pay. But people get, people again, people support that from the left How and fun. the right. Oh, my God. And no jab, no pay was a, was a, is a policy of Scott Morris and the Prime Minister. You're you're very you're Trump. <laughs> you're very yes, uh, freedom Trump. focused, outrageous Trump. Oh Christ! In in fact, um, actually, uh, um, David Limbrick, who's a Lib Dem, so in the so there's no Lib Dem in the upper house in Western Australia now after the election there, but there are two in the upper house in in Victoria. Um, Tim Quilty and David Limbrick. David Limbrick went on to Liberty Lockdown just a few days ago. Uh, because Clint had myself on, and then after that he's had David on, um, and it bas- basically David said that what's happening is that you have to have the vax. I think he's studying this week. You have to have the vaccine and give your medical details to the government in <laughs> order to be able to come and vote in Parliament. So you can't oh, vote online. Wow. You have to be there in person to vote, but you can't go on the premises unless you have the vaccine and give over your medical details. So himself and and Tim Quilty and now a third guy who's liberal, uh, Neil Angus, um, are refusing to comply with that. So I know that David and Tim both have the vaccine, but they're refusing to comply with, um, with giving over their information. So now they can't go to vote. Now, the problem is that in, in the upper house, um, Dan Andrews' government has, is a minority. Uh, so how it works is you've got some senators which are from um, which are from Labor, then some which are Liberal and National, and then you've got what was called the crossbench, which is Independence and and minor parties. I'm sure you know plenty much. It's basically the same system as it is in the, in the lower house for for UBR um, with having like Independence and minor parties. Not for me anymore, man. When you're in the UK, I have, I have washed my brain of that system. <laughs> Well, I just um, remember the funny things and the the quotes now, but but yeah, yes. no, 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 I, I get you. So yeah, so we, because the upper house how it works is that you've got we have preferential voting, so you have multiple senators from each um, senate district area. I don't know the full details because again, Queensland only has one up has only only has one house of parliament. Um, so basically, they've got like multiple senators from each district, whatever you want to call it. Um, so because they have, because they have preferential voting, it means minor parties can more easily get into the into the Senate. Um, so there are so, but how that means it runs right now is unlike America, where you know it's all all GOP and Democrats, uh, which means there's one party is always going to have the majority. It's it's not, it's not the same in in Australia. Usually, the party that has the majority in the lower house does not have control of the upper house. Usually, they rely on the crossbench. So before this vaccine mandate thing was put in place for politicians. Uh, Labor was three votes short um, of the majority. So they usually relied on the Greens party who has won and a couple of other parties. One of them is a libertarian, Fiona Patton, who I despise more than Dan Andrews because she's claimed to, she claims to be libertarian, right? She's, I think, centre-left libertarian, oh, uh, but supports lockdowns. So basically just control opposition. Yeah, basically. I... I, I I almost, I almost like her. I almost hate her more than Dan Andrews because at least Dan Andrews' rhetoric and actions are consistent. They're both 
status, whereas Sarah Torek is libertarian, but her but her actions are status. So at least kind of like Reagan. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, yeah. just like Reagan. At, at least, at least he's at least Dan's consistent, whereas she isn't. Uh, so he relies on the crossbench to to do the uh, to get bills through. But with these three uh, members not complying with the vaccine mandate, it means he now has a majority. So he can he can pass anything through both houses, and that means that in at the start of next year, he's going to put through permanent emergency powers. Oh, so you got you got yourself a Führer in the making. Yeah, so when <laughs> when, when when we had our, our fires before COVID, uh New South Wales and Victoria used state of emergency powers to, you know, allow the military and police to go and, and, and the SES workers to go and put onto people's property and remove them. Wow. Without it without it being a tra- because that's for safety reasons. Yeah, so, no good crisis goes to waste. Uh, so, but fortunately, they actually once that once the fires were done, they then gave up their powers for once. Uh, hmm. But then under under code, they didn't. So they had them in place. They're six. They go for six months, so they've been renewed every time. Um, and now they're going to they're going to do what Scotland's doing and make them permanent. And because because these three MPs who would vote against Dan Andrews um, are no longer there, or if this vaccine policy passes, then they're basically screwed. So they they will be there to vote on that policy, but if it passes, because they get supported on the crossbench, or Labour gets supported on the crossbench, if it passes, they won't be there to vote on the emergency powers bill. So, so li- li- Liberal Party, when they're the, when the opposition, they will always vote against, except in, they will always vote against um, lockdowns, or at least most of them will, um, that when they're in government, they will support lock-ins, whereas Labour will always support lock-ins, whether they're in the um, opposition or they are the actual government themselves. So, big picture, do you see this consolidating in any kind of final form, or do you think this is going to get, like, do do you think this can just continue to get crazier and crazier, or do you think there's a cap on what they're they're trying to get to? Because it it seems like they've already made up their mind in a lot of ways. They're just like, we'll just inch this along... And it's going to seem like a struggle, like we're humming and hawing about it, but really, it's it's going this way. I think it's going to get a lot worse. I don't I don't see this ending any anytime soon. We have at least three COVID camps now. That in, is something I've been Vic- wondering about. One in Victoria, two in Queensland. The Victoria, one I don't, I don't know much about, but I can talk about the Queensland too, which is ridiculous. So, well, as I've said before, where I am is a conservative, is very conservative, conservative stronghold. Uh, there are three. Toowoomba is split into Toowoomba South, Toowoomba North at a state level. Uh, two two electorates because we're the we're the biggest inland city in Australia. If you don't count Canberra, the national capital. Um, I say biggest. It's one hundred and fifty thousand people, give or take twenty thousand, depending on where you draw the borders. So it's not it's a, it's a city for us, but not for most of the countries. Uh, so two electorates at the state level, plus uh, uh one that catches some of the the, the surroundings. Uh, so all three of those electorates uh, at a state level are liberal, or all liberal strongholds. And at a at a federal level, they're all part of one federal electorate, which is also liberal. Um, so the, the state government, which is Labor, basically brought in this in this camp at what's called the Wellcamp Airport, which is twenty minutes away from where I am from in, from Toowoomba. They're building the camp out near there. That way they can, that way they can fly people in. Mm. Um, they, they they announced it, and the the four the four MPs, three state, one federal, plus the Toowoomba Regional Council, did not find out 
until the news came out, basically. So this was like kind of a a spooky backdoors decision that was not like involved in the usual process. They didn't. They- they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't consult anyone here. The, the mayor was quite pissed off with them because he's like, this is my, these are my people, you know, I'm elected by them to look to look after them and you've just gone and built this camp. Now, the problem is that, so what we have is we have uh, QR codes, um, mm. which are mandated. So wherever you go, you've got to sign in using the QR code so the government can track you. Is that nationwide or is that just in your state? I think it's nationwide. Okay. It's it's state it's state policy. There could be a couple of states and territories that don't have it, but all three East Coast states at least have it. Um, it's it's done by it's a state policy, not a fed, not a federal policy. Mm. Um, but definitely, yeah, definitely Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria have it. Um, at the very least, I think it's I think it's nationwide. Um, so we, again, Toowoomba, because liberals are the minority here, they are anti-lockdown in in theory. Uh, I do know my local my local MP, and um, he's actually a pretty decent fella. Um, at least as a person. Um, so we have. I don't know how he's going to obviously play out in in politics because he was only elected after we had a Labor government. So he hasn't he hasn't been in the majority. So of course you only need to can know and trust them so much because you don't know how they're going to vote once they get in government. Uh, but they have claimed to be to be anti lockdown, and Toowoomba has a very low compliance rate with the QR codes. So much mm. so, in fact, that uh, the newspaper started complaining about us. The, news, <laughs> the, news, the newspaper was complaining about low compliance rates. So building building the um, the, the camp twenty minutes away, what it means is, is it does two things. One, it makes us comply because if, if there's a COVID breakout, it's going to affect us. Which is also stupid because we have a public hospital and two private hospitals. Only one of those two private hospitals has an emergency department. Uh, the public hospital is at full capacity, and I've just laid off staff because of the COVID vaccine mandate. If healthcare workers didn't get the jab, they were laid off. And unlike the USA, we don't have a national guard. So to <laughs> fill those to fill those ranks of of laid off staff nationwide, we are bringing in twenty thousand. Uh, oh, sorry, no, sorry, no, two thousand, sorry, yeah, two thousand doctors and nurses from other countries, mostly what? the UK, most mostly the UK. What? That's fucking. So the UK's hmm. NHS, which is already strained, is yeah. now losing two thousand. It's might might it's up to two thousand nurses and doctors well, are, are to come to our ranks in Australia. Like, do we know their uh, NHS? I don't know, or... but I do know that you like you guys. From what I've heard from um from Brits. It, the system is, is quite the healthcare system over there is, is not amazing, and you already no. <laughs> and, and now they're going to send more doctors and, and nurses over to over to Australia. That's... So, but we don't we don't unlike New York, we don't have the ever anything to plug the gap. So they they are short staffed right now. Oh, trust me, trust me, New York has nothing to plug the gap either. Those are bodies. They... Those are warm bodies. <laughs> yes, yes, because of course all those all those medical national guard workers, of course, they're all. Most of them are already they, working in another hospital. Yeah. They're going to struggle to find the fucking vein for the IV, yet alone <laughs> fill, fill a nurse's position. I was just talking about that with Seaburn. That's terrifying to me, but yeah, so, sorry. So, so we, don't have, we don't have the capacity for it. Um, because we, And the, the government does not have the money to spend to invest here. So we had the Commonwealth Games in 2018. And we have in the the next Olympics, we will be 
2032, I think. Um, so we are we are hosting the Commonwealth and Olympic Games within 14 years of one another. Uh, all in Brisbane and the Gold Coast in the in the southeast. Um, they're about they're literally about 30 minutes apart. Those two cities are almost they're almost joined. Um, so you're talking about billions of dollars there being invested in 20 before 2018, and then again more being invested to get facilities for the Olympic Games. So there's no money to spend where uh, in Toowoomba where I am. So they obviously they can't invest to improve the hospital system. Meanwhile, uh, Kevin Rudd, the former uh, Prime Minister or his Labour as well, was praising the government for for building uh, in a, in not in the metro area. Uh, I think the camp down in in Melbourne's down in Victoria is close to Melbourne, so he was praising our government for not building it close to a, a major city, which again, you know, as I said, second biggest, largest, second largest city. If you don't count Canberra, we are the largest, so it's not, it's not exactly not urban. Um, yeah. We, although, we, again, having the poor healthcare system that we do, it, but still, yeah, it is still a sizable population. So, A, it means we have to comply, and B, it means that uh, because at the federal level, uh, Queensland is liberal just, but Labor is state because of because of how the the districts are drawn up. That's normal. Normally, we do go liberal at a national level and and Labor at a at a state level. Uh, very rarely do we have liberal governments that are state governments. Uh, so what it, what this does is it will flip. Because we saw in the last election, as I said, the, the Liberals lost five seats, that marginal coastal seats, because people like the government's COVID policies. So by building this camp out here, she's going to potentially be able to swing those seats for, at a federal level to, to go uh, Labor. In the in the upper house right now in, in Australia, 151 seats, sorry, in, in, the, in the parliament, it's 151 seats in the lower house, uh, which is 76 are Liberal. You did, which is a one seat majority. Uh, it's if you don't count the speaker, which is which is liberal. It's a, it's seventy five out of one hundred and fifty, and the speaker can then you know uh, break the the a, a tie in the votes. But you so say if they lose one seat, uh, then they're out of government. They're they're marginally better than Labor, um, just like the Republicans are marginally better than than Democrats. So either way, we're going to be screwed. But Labor will do it a bit worse. <laughs> Labor Labor will screw you over a bit harder than than Liberals will. So basically, yeah. it's, it's it's a it's to make us comply, and b it's to to help win the next election, which will be March, April next year. I'm pretty sure. So a lot of people where I am are not happy about it that I've spoken to. A lot of them are complaining and saying, you know, they're t- typical uh, big city politicians that you they're ignoring the regional areas. Um, they're focusing only on, on the southeast corner, which is where. So our state has five million people. Three and a half to four million people live in the southeast corner, which is which is Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, Ipswich, and Logan. They're all in that one little area. Um, very dense popul- for population compared to the rest of Australia. Although again, that density is quite low compared to everywhere else in the world. Um, so most of the people live in that area, part of the state. So they're screwing over the the regional areas to to win votes. Basically, is what it is. And then yeah. the federal government did not like that. But then the next day, so that was on Thursday, the next day, Friday, they announced they're building their own camp in an army base in, in Brisbane. So we've got two camps now in, in Queensland that are being built, one state, one federal. Uh, that seems to me kind of not, not too dissimilar from the US 
putting uh putting military bases all around countries it doesn't like too much. It's kind of like, yep. <laughs> hey, you know, we have some of these. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> and they've, they, they've, they've already said to us they're going to keep these camps after COVID. That is what's most concerning, because, I mean, they, they've just started building them stateside. Now we have one cropping up in, in Washington State, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, we are two years into this thing, and we're starting to... We're still building things for this, and and we're seeing contracts signed out to like twenty twenty four and twenty twenty six, and all these kind of like very long term deals starting. And you're like, okay, well, I guess we're not ready to defeat this thing, are we? It looks like it's really going to get into a a long haul kind of thing now. I mean, you guys, the I can't even imagine the the QR code system thing. Can you can you describe how that works for us? So basically, wherever you go. Um, you have to take your phone with you and you scan your QR code, put your details in, um, and then yeah, that, that's then saved, and they, the government stores that. Um, and so on, it's on like record. justification for being out? For, con- for, con- no, for, for contact tracing. Oh, okay. So so like it's it's um, when you go into a store or something like that? Yeah. Okay. So whenever, whenever you go into a shopping complex... And then whenever you go to individual shops, but just in, in general, um, basically everywhere but someone knows someone else's home. So I know churches have it, you know, cafes on the street corner have it. Uh, Do parks? In, yes. Yeah. In, in, in Victoria, in Melbourne, the parks had it. I don't know if they still do, but they had, they had it at one point. Actually, I think they might still have a QR code to use parks. You are um, checking into the outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? And if you if you don't have a if if you if you don't if you don't have a phone, they'll get you to instead give them your name, where you live, your phone number, and your email. <laughs> like, don't worry about contacting us. We'll contact you. <laughs> and it's mandatory. Ugh. And it's it's even worse. It's even worse in South Australia. Uh, if you're in isolation at, at home quarantining. At any time during the day, the police can send you a text that says, show us where you are. You have 15 minutes to send them a photo of where you are with your face in it. If you don't, they will come to, you, wait, they will come to your house. <laughs> Dude, I've been boning my girlfriend for an hour. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, so why if, do I have to give you a fucking, a fucking nude every 15 minutes? It's weird, dude. If you're in isolation and you're having a long shower or you're having a sleep in and you don't reply because you've, you've got that 15-minute period to reply, if you don't reply, so if, you, if you're having a nice sleep in, in the morning, it's like 10 a.m., you're still asleep because you're at home, you're in, you're in isolation because of COVID. Yeah, um, you're, so you're if, you're, if you're in bed, the police will come up and will knock and they'll check to see where you are. And if you aren't where you, if you aren't where you're meant to be, if you aren't if you aren't at home, they'll they'll find you. In New, in New South Wales, if they're in, in in Sydney, when they had their lockdown at the start, the police were going door knocking. Oh there was one God. guy who was who was at meant to be at home. He was in his car getting a breath of fresh air. They knocked at his door. He wasn't there. Waited for him to come home, then find him uh, for being in his car to get a breath of fresh air. That's and. <laughs> You guys are not like I like I have to keep on hammering home. Australia is not some alien society to America or England. And I mean England's pretty fucking close. But this is a breath away. This is like a vote away. This is one, you know, one more variant scare away and it's like, "Oh no, we should do that." 
<laughs> yeah. And so this, oh, this is why people are already begging for it here. Seriously. Yeah. People, people, yeah. Yeah, people worldwide are calling for it and saying, you know, we need we need harsher measures. But like a lot of Americans, this, this is why I brought up guns before. A lot of Americans will say to me, oh, you know, if you guys had guns, then you could, you know, fight back. Um, it's because you guys don't have guns. And that, well, to me, the lack of guns is not the problem itself. It's a symptom of the problem. So to me, it's a mindset issue. So oh, if, sure. if, if we had guns today... It would we would be able to stop the tyranny not because we had guns but because we had, didn't have that submissive mindset. So the same people actually I tweeted about I tweeted about this last night my time would have been this morning American time um, that basically that's that's what it is. It's basically a mindset. The people who complied in twenty twenty one are the same people who gave up their guns in twenty sixteen in nineteen ninety six. It's the, it's the same it's the same mindset. The same people twenty five years apart, the exact same people both times basically. 100%. We we do have more guns now than we did after the after 1997 the, the the gun buyback ended. We do have more guns now than we had then, but per household, so the the, the proportion of households that have guns has gone down by seventy five percent. It's so mostly district. It's a minority it's, of not cases. It's mostly far, <laughs> it's, it's mostly farmers and recreational shooters who are and mm. if you. So that that main two ways to get to get guns. If you if you're a security guard, if you're a farmer, or um, if you a recreational shooter, and you have to you have to be part of a gun club to have that. But it, it, like it's not just guns. It's you know, I'm sure you know everyone knows the that's not a knife. This is a knife thing from Crocodile Dundee. Most Australians mm. can't own that knife. You have to you have to have some kind of like excuse to have it. Correct. Is it like a hunting kind of deal? Like, because in England you can't have something like locking or like a fixed blade longer than three inches without reason to own it. So is it? A similar it's, thing? It, 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 we had the exact same policies as England does with with knives. Oh, Jesus, you poor bastards! Yeah. Fucking hell! So like, you know, all, all the all the stuff about having one on you, you have to have like, you know, a good reason to have it if you're in public. And Jesus. I don't think I don't know if I think it's pretty hard to get a reason to carry it in public. Oh, for sure. And then of course, you, you, see, you see tradesmen get fined for it. You know what the go- what the government can do is do what's called a firearm prohibition order. If you're a quote high risk person, uh, they can yep. put an order on you that you can't own a firearm at all. In Queensland, that was pushed by liberals. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was put in place by the Liberal Party. Oh, I know that there's a. I saw um, the bill and it was being with and had the name of a of a Liberal Party. Um, Member actually, the member for Toowoomba North at the time um, on it. So I'm pretty sure you yeah, that was uh, that was supported by the Liberals. Uh, 2013 or thereabouts, um, Clive Palmer, is United Nation Party, United Australia Party. Sorry, uh, they one of their MPs proposed a bill to ban you from owning information to 3D print firearms. That lapsed mm. in Queensland, but it in in New South Wales it's been passed. So you can't even have you can't even have the information you need to 3D print a firearm. Wow. So, so like, literally having the files or, or a PDF would be criminal. Correct. Jesus I wouldn't Christ. be surprised if... I wouldn't be surprised if it's illegal to own the Anarchist cookbook. Yeah, I think... I, I can't recollect completely, but I think it's still illegal in the UK, because I know it has been illegal at times. Yes. Uh, which is why it was one of the first purchases I made stateside. I was like, all right, I want a Glock 19, and I want a copy of the Anarchist cookbook. <laughs> and then I yeah. want to join yeah, that that kind of answer. So 
I wanted to uh, get in some listener questions, but someone sure. asked, uh, need us to run y'all some guns in typical American fashion. And it, it, se- it, it seems uh, more importantly, we need to run y'all some attitude. Right. Because uh, that's that's the big thing. My big, big issue with England, why I left, because, you know, the having the means is uh, all well and good. I mean, just to, to honor the, the late, great Jay Stark. Um, his FGC nine, you can build it in communist China, England, Europe, Australia, wherever, you know, but guess what? Having that, that, that's a great way to say back to the government, like, Hey, I have a line. Don't aggress against me. I'm a peaceful citizen. I don't want to change that. But if you don't have people willing to, to print those or to own firearms for those purposes with that kind of attitude that it's it's a tool for that purpose to protect liberty, you're not going to get very far with them. And so the culture in Australia, would you say, like, would you say you're a ways off popular resistance to, to government tyranny? Like, do, would you say it's not a bright future for it? Or I, I, I don't know, like, where, where do you think you guys are at? I don't think we're going to see um, this year. I don't think we're going to see any, any change from the people. Uh, the way I see it, I'm an anarchist. I've got to rely on the elections. Um, the way I see it working is is through voting. I'm not saying vote for your freedom. You can't vote for your freedom. Uh, the way oh, I God, see you, it is... You're hurting me, man. <laughs> no, no. So, so, so we have mandatory voting in Australia. Mm, mm. So what? Is, what? <laughs> Argentina... Argentina has mandatory voting, I think, until the age of 65. Belgium has mandatory voting, but it's not enforced. In Australia, it's mandatory and it's enforced. What is the... So this, like, what's the so punishment the, that, if you the, don't? The reason for it... Uh, so the, it's, it's, it's a fine. If you don't pay the fine, you, you then get taken to court. And you could end up paying a couple hundred dollars um, for, for legal fees. Because if you lose, you've got to pay for the other for the other party's legal fees as well. The, the state's Fuck legal sake. fees. Um <laughs> And then, of course, you know, again, I can't not vote because of, again, the whole, you know, if, when we, if I want to get into, into legal practice where I could obviously do some good for the ideas of for the for liberty, um, I've got to, you know, comply in the short term to, to have success in, in the long term. Um, but the way I see it is, you know, if voting is mandatory, but we have uh, preferen- preferential, we have voting, you make preference one to six. For or however many candidates there are for the lower house for the, that seat, you preference vote um, one to five, one to six, one to seven, whatever it is, and then you also get you also preference vote on the senate form. Um, so the way I see it is that vote if you either donkey what's called donkey voting is obviously you get you get, you get your name ticked off, you get the ballot paper, and then you screw it up. <laughs> um, so I, if people donkey vote, that's obviously you know. Not a not a bad thing, um, because again, it's showing. Because although there will be a high voter rate, um, there'd also be there'd be a low number of votes for each party. So although there's, although there's, there's still everyone voting in theory, you do have that low voting rate, uh, that low number of, of voters, which really shows that the which really shows the government that hey, people don't want what we have right now. Um, is that something that they they actually show that there's like people turning out and just not you know effectively not voting or whatever? No, we, we we know what happens. They don't show that, but we do. So if they because of course they'll know the number of votes they're expecting to get for that electorate based off the last election. Mm. So if that if that number is significantly lower, they're going to know that people aren't happy. Or and this is this is the stance that I take. 
if the if the Lib Dems are running in where you are, vote for them, and then preference the three major parties: Liberals, Labor, and and Greens, which is the biggest minor party. Preference them last, um, and then put Independents and other other minor parties from like in between. Um, the way I the, re- the reason I said to do that is because if enough people put Liberal Democrats one, then they're going to get a higher vote percentage. What that means is they're going to they're get more media attention. If, if they get more media attention, people are going to go, "Ooh, what's this party?" Like, let's go, you know, try and find out what they're about. Um, then, they, then some people are going to go look up the party and you then read what the party stands for, and you could win some converts to the ideas of classical liberalism. And as, as I said before, I'd rather have a country of, of classical liberals than a country of statists with a few hardcore anarchists. Mm. I'd rather that. I'd rather for where we are right now in Australia, I'd rather have the compromise of having classical liberals than what we have right now. Like anything's better than what we have right now. So I encourage people, if 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 they can, to, to vote for libertarian parties, um, because you have to you have to be there anyway. You have to be there to at least get your name checked off the electoral roll. Um, so if you, if you're there, I do encourage people to you know to vote Liberal Democrat because then more people are going to obviously find out what the party stands for, and we could win some converts that way. And that's the way I see us going forward. Is is our hearts and minds things. It's the same reason why. I will condemn violent protesters against against the government because you don't win people over that way. You win through nonviolence. Gandhi won through nonviolence, and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. won through nonviolence. You you win through nonviolent means because you get to win over the hearts and minds of people. If you if you do it through violence, you're just going to anger people, which is what we're seeing right now. Whenever there's violence, they always emphasise that and use it against the protesters. If you're nonviolent. Then you—that's that's how you change people's minds, and then that, that's how you promote a, a culture of, of liberty. That's the way I see going forward from here: is, is really focusing on, on winning the cultural battle, not the political battle. I, I feel like, especially in America, the Libertarian Party focuses too much on the politics and not enough on on culture. But that, that's where I think we are doing the wrong way around. We have to win the cultural war first before we can have any chance of winning the political battles, because the left is being something in culture war all the time. They Cancel culture is is so dominant that uh, conservatives and libertarians in America just focus on you know winning the political battles. But if you win the cultural battles, you then win you win the middle ground voters and you win them over to their cause. Of course, you're not going to be able to change the minds of the extremes. But if you can win over the moderates, that's how you do it. The moderates will always you know determine who gets elected. The moderates determine who you got elected last time in Australia in the last federal election. Again, in the same in the USA, the moderates determined that that Biden won, not not Trump. Um, so that that's where you win the ground. You convince the, the the middle the middle ground voters that you know you are are the best side. And even though you can't vote your way to freedom, you can use voting to change people's mindsets. Which is yeah, basically that's my approach to this. Yeah. So that's something I something else I want to touch on. You're talking about um, kind of the cultural battle. And uh, this kind of plugs into someone else's question, which is, uh, is the lockdown as bad in the outback? And something that you're seeing over here is people are kind of migrating to more rural areas where the, the boot, you know, the resources for the boot to be on your neck just aren't there. There's not enough resources to police and the support for, for that kind of policing is also not there. And so you've seen like a mass exodus from cities into more rural parts of the country and people are adopting all sorts of practices like homesteading and of course, you know, with our, our community in particular, you're seeing more talk, more talk about things like intentional communities and townships and that kind of thing. And so 
Um, you know, personally, I think that is a great way to move because uh, you know, then we're not relying on on votes and, and voting as a, a practice, but we're moving into simply separating physically from the state system and coming, coming up with things that are more sustainable regardless of what happens to their shit show. And I, uh, so someone asking, uh, is the lockdown as bad in the outback? Has there been any kind of, any kind of exodus in Australia to go more rural or any, any talks about that in your kind of younger liberty movement out there? So Western Australia is mostly, mostly outback and they're mm. strong and they're strong labor. As I, as I said before, you, you have a 20% That's swing why. in the upper house towards Labor, even though they're mostly outback. It depends where you go. Northern Territory, almost completely Labor because it's got a strong Indigenous base. Um, indigenous, indigenous people in Australia tend to live in, in, their, in their cultural homes because they have, the connection, they have the dream time and their connection to the land. So they often live where their, where their uh, forefathers, you know, were uh, lived as hunter-gatherers. So, is it a similar case to the Native Americans where the federal government has kind of forced them to be reliant on handouts? Or what's the situation? Is it like pretty dire for them or is it better than the natives from... There, you know, there, like, is, if, you know. there is a strong welfare state that exists to support them. Mm. Be- part, that's, part of that is because they live so far out. Like Australia is the sixth biggest, city, sixth biggest country in the world with 25 million people. So these these communities are really really like hours hours out of the way. So it's hard to get it's hard to you know integrate them into the economy. So they have to rely on, on government handouts, which is a big problem in Australia right now for libertarians. Is you know how do you how do you solve that that issue there? How do you you know support the Aboriginals at the same time as you know not having a welfare state? It's 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 a big issue to tackle right now. It's one that's overlooked a lot, unfortunately, especially right now because of COVID. Uh, but it is one that we have to address. Um, welfare, the welfare state again comes largely from from the liberals. Um, so both sides support the welfare state. So again, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a hard battle to, to win. So, but say so Western Western Australia, if you go outback, you're probably still going to be in a, in a mostly uh, labour area. So obviously, oh, so are they still pretty tight, even when there's like pretty low populations? Correct. Western Australia has the toughest borders of wow. the of all the states. They have one of the highest Aboriginal populations. And it's mostly outback, and they have and they have the toughest borders. They've always had tough borders in in Western Australia. Um, there's still it's still a, a, a law that you can't own more than fifty kilograms of of potatoes. Uh, that because that comes back from from shipping. Um, Western Australia has always been. They're basically when it comes to independence, they're a bit like Texas. Um, they didn't they didn't join Australia straight away. They joined a couple of years later on, um, so they weren't part of Australia. So if you look at the um, the constitution for Australia, it doesn't actually mention the state of Western Australia because they weren't one of the like original states. No, they weren't even a territory. They weren't part of us. They were still a, oh okay. So when, when when we when we got our independence in January nineteen oh one, January first is when I think. Um, the, the when the bill came to effect for a constitution, so we got our independence then, um, January sometime could be could be the first. WA didn't join us straight away because they were still a colony because they ha- did not originally agree to vote um, for independence. So we had to, we had to vote for independence in Australia. So each each colony 
um, which is now state, had to, you know, have majority people vote uh, for independence. And then because they, because the majority did, that the bill for the constitution then went to the to the UK parliament to be voted on. And it was part, obviously, obviously passed there. But so Western Australia's always got more of an independence mindset. Um, they're the only country, they're the only state in the country that has um, an independence party, uh, WA Exit. Um, it's only a minor party. It's like, they don't have any MPs or anything like that, but there is a, a, a movement in Western Australia to get independence from the rest of the country. So they do have very, very tough borders. They're going to keep those borders. And again, as I said, Western Australia, Queensland, are probably the two states that are going to, you know, resist opening up the most. So really, really tough border laws. Uh, so if, if, so even if you go out, out West, or well, I guess if you're in WA, if you go out East, which is um into the outback, it's still, really tough out there same with northern territory south australia it's it's still really stringent um because they're also mostly outback uh if you go look at the east coast states and you go so where i am is is more more regional i guess you could say not by much so we're at two hours away from brisbane depending on traffic uh we have a better have a better off because it's it's a strong liberal area so people have that a little bit more of an independence mindset like freedom mindset than, than other areas do. So if you go west from us, you probably will find the people are having it better off out there. Um, and it's, it's probably the same throughout most of uh, southern and, and central Queensland. Up, up north, it's all labour. So they've been pretty much compliant up there. So it does depend on where you are. Uh, there is, I do know of a couple of homesteading movements right, that exist right now. They're only small, like a dozen people, maybe if that. Um, who want to try and move out out regional, but there there isn't a, a massive push for it because if you do, because we're such a big country, if you go out regional, there's no support there for you at all. Like you're going to be far away from everything else. Yeah, giant giant desert island. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, you, you can't like like in America if you went out regional, like you could obviously you, you, you could you could obviously have a farm that sort of stuff. You'd have access to, to water through rivers. We don't have that in, in in Central Australia. You don't have farming land. It's all desert, so you yeah, can't people, you can't really support yourself. People don't realize just how harsh the outback can get. Yeah, as a, it's a wild country when you get away from the coasts, which is why like your population is so concentrated as a, a coastal kind of state. <laughs> yeah, it's but. it's all on the very fringes. As I said, you got the southeast corner of of um, Queensland, which is pretty dense, and you've got a few cities on the coast. You've got the Greater Sydney area in New South Wales, which is which is on the central coast. It, it's pretty big as well. Melbourne's on the coast. Every every city except Canberra, every capital city except Canberra is is on the coast. Um, and they're all little, and in Western Australia, South Australia, and the Northern Territory, they're all hugging the coastline. And there's very very little inland. Uh, Alice Springs is probably a place that a lot of a fair few um, farmers would know. It's probably the biggest inland cities. It's a few thousand people. Um, <laughs> Damn. So it's, uh, it's it's like the biggest, like really far inland. Uh, it's it's somewhere out near near Uluru or, or as Rock. Um, so it's really central Australia. It, it main reason it's there is because there's a bit, there's a bit of tourism in the area. It also was a was a stopping point because we used to have a, a north south railroad uh, between Darwin and Adelaide, and so that was I think that's on that route, um, which is why that it was there in the first place. And then when you look at um, Queensland again, you, like the only the only major inland city is, is Toowoomba, and that's just because we live on on a a mountain range. 
Well, I think I got like maybe a, a couple more for you, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Sure. All right. Uh, this one this one's really quick, but I have to ask for all of the the curious foreigners: <laughs> Do the toilets really flush counterclockwise? <sighs> I, I, <laughs> number of Americans this who asks this question is is honestly like I don't know where that came from. So, do, do you mind saying why so many? Because I have never heard where that came from do you know I, anywhere do you know why that's that's a, a rumor maybe it's in nemo or something i don't fucking know because like that's just one of those bits of childhood useless childhood trivia that's lodged in the back of my mind too is that like down under it goes counterclockwise i do not know why or what credible source that came from but that's also in my brain no so as as, as far as i know uh, and it's not the case. It's 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 a popular myth. Actually, I think it is that um, it's ten o'clock. It's apparently apparently from what I've heard, the, the way I heard it, I've heard it said is that in the southern hemisphere it's clockwise, northern hemisphere it's counterclockwise. Oh, what are we all stupid? Have you fed me false information, <laughs> listeners? Have you made me look like a dummy? So not that a, it's hard to. a that's not a that's not actually true. It's a myth, and b that's the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> well. That is a that's a grievous fuck up, guys. Where I mean, like, I can see ooh, where it comes from, ooh. probably like like because it's obviously gravity is. I, I, I I'm guessing it's the base of people who think that gravity would affect it somewhere because we're on the. <laughs> You're side. on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can think of, but no, it's it's not. They don't they don't flush counterclockwise. They do they do flush with spiders sometimes and snakes. Um, which is that, always that's, humorous. That's far worse. You see, like, <laughs> like, like you're a flush, and then you'll have, like, spider come out of, of the toilet bowl, um, stuff like that. That's probably I mean, the only real toilet story that you get is, is having snakes and spiders in toilets. All right, fuck it. Flat Earth confirmed, gang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That's, that's not going to end well. <laughs> um, so someone asked... Uh, how can we show support to the Australians? Because back back when the the Hong Kong stuff was going on, we were sending like money for gas masks and stuff. But I guess it sounds like your riots and and protesting might be calming down because it's out of fear, right? Correct. Um, that, that's a shame. The, 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 because uh, so I don't know if this was passed, but it was it was proposed in New South Wales by the Labor Labor, which is which is the minority there in in Parliament. Uh, so from memory. The bill that proposed was twenty thousand dollar fine. This is all Australian. This is all, all Australian dollars. Twenty thousand dollar fine for organising protests. Eleven thousand for inciting protests online. Five and a half thousand for attending protests. Now I don't know about those first two figures, but I know the last figure was used in in uh, Victoria. I know that last figure has been used. I don't know about the first two. Anthony Kalouf, I mentioned before, he's been arrested and eight months behind bars for inciting and organizing protests. So it's, it's not just fine. There's also prison time as well um, for being involved. Uh, the one really hilarious and also stupid story uh, was there was a, a Jewish couple that did a um, celebration for their, for their engagement. They had, a, had an engagement party, basically. Um, that was this year. And they had a bunch of friends around. And then because, you know, they're all gathered in one place in an, in an apartment, um, but obviously COVID spread around really, pretty quickly because if you have that many people, you know, it was a massive party in one crammed apartment because you couldn't go anywhere else. Um, so they all, a lot of them got sick from COVID. 
and they literally received death threats. Um, <sighs> they received death threats and anti-Semitic comments because they're Jewish uh, from the left. So they had, they they all got fined. Um, I think it was possibly five and a half thousand. It could be each um, for, for each of them, plus the the bride to be's parents. Um, I think it was five and a half thousand dollars each was the fine. I don't know if anything came from that, but yeah. So they they literally the 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 couple had to literally hire private security uh, for, because they feared for their life. That's that's how severe it, it is right now. You people are literally getting death threats for for you know breaking COVID restrictions. That's the that's the worst thing when it's societally enforced, not just the Gestapo, but your neighbors are they're snitching on you and they're cursing you out and you know like that they they want you out of their society because they're so programmed. That's so, pe- that's when pe- it gets scary. And people who've been people who've been following me for a long time will notice that I never use the words Nazi or fascist or communist and stuff like that. When I talk about I talk about tyranny, authoritarianism, statism, I won't use. Um, those evocative words like communist, Nazi, Stalinist, whatever, partly because, um, partly because that's what we call that the left for doing, um, calling protesters Nazis and whatnot, and also partly because you know, who knows what happens if you start calling them Nazis? Like, if for all I know, if I call them Nazis, I'm going to lose my account. Um, <laughs> so I'm try- yeah, trying to, door. yeah, as I said, possibly I've had um, Feds. The government knows I'm definitely on a watch list. I'll put it that way. A lot of Americans will joke about being on a watch list. For Australian libertarians, I, you are on a watch list. It's almost guaranteed that the government is is, has, is tracking you. Well, they, they boast about that kind of thing. <laughs> They're like, like you'll have your leaders on TV openly talking about monitoring extremists and stuff like that. Like, no, 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 we're getting on top of this. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> Politicians across the board have condemned um, anyone who's anti anti mandates. Um, we had Craig Kelly, who people have probably heard of. Um, he, well, possibly heard of. He went from liberal to independent to Clive Palmer's UAP United Australia Party this year. He's been anti mandate. He's the only person in the lower house to be anything federally to be any any sort of anti mandate. There is one other guy who's never forgotten, who's also liberal, um, but he gets chastised by both sides whenever he speaks out against mandates. So you're looking at effectively two two MPs, and I think no senator... You do have a couple of senators from from One Nation, which is ironic. One Nation is probably the most authoritarian party in Australia. Um, yeah, they're anti-lockdown. Mm. Um, I don't know why I don't get it either. Uh, people may have heard of Pauline Hanson as the woman who wore the burqa into Australian Parliament... Uh, to protest, so because she's she's extremely racist. Honestly, she was an, she was active in the nineteen nineties. She was anti anti Asian, and now she's, and then mm. she had legal problems, and now she's come back and she's anti Muslim instead. Oh, a rebranding! Um, <laughs> uh, ironically, her parents' fish and chip shop is now owned by Asians. Um, it's a bit bit, a bit of karma there, but yeah, she literally wore a burqa into Parliament to. To protest, the people to protest Muslims wearing burqas, because I, if you don't know who I am, I could be a terrorist. So therefore, ban burqas. Uh, that that that's ta- that's how bad she is. She's very very unpopular. Um, the main reason they have votes is that they get votes from a lot of older older Australians, 
um, that's, that's where most of their voter base comes from. They do have a few younger people who support them, which which is kind weird. Kind of like a, a breakout UKIP kind of party. Yes, that that yeah, that is a good example. Yeah, they're basically Australia's UKIP, um, except not as popular. Yeah, uh, yeah I was gonna say with a, with a little bit more uh, well a- actual racism going on. Although they do have stances on more than just race and and immigration. Mm. You've kept things almost entirely about about immigration. Uh, One yeah. nation does more than immigration. They've got they they are surprisingly pro gun, um, but they're also extremely pro war and protectionist. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> Where did these people come from and get their <laughs> ideas from? That it's, it's a, it's a very like... weird. It's a very weird mix of policies. Like one second they're really minded, the next second you know they're they're um, you know wanting more more wars in in the Middle East. It, it's it's very weird. Um, but I'm sure Americans know about the probably everyone else in the rest of the world would if they any if they pay attention to, to Twitter or Instagram at all they would have heard of the trucky protests we were promised oh, two the, yeah we were promised two weeks we got two hours well it, it looked good we had a, we had a, <laughs> we had a few truckies protest with Pauline Hansen after two hours she said let's call in boys and go home and they packed up well that's that's the problem when when you get like officially, you know, quote unquote, supported protests, and it becomes like sanctioned and kind of it, it ends up blurring into that almost controlled opposition arena. It's like, yes, okay, well, someone who's part of the system said, okay, lads, let's call it, and everyone does. It's like, uh, wait, did we just get co-opted? Oh, I think we did. <laughs> but it's it's a shame that that people have that kind of respect for figures to to shut down what starts as an organic movement but i christ knows how you fix people from that um so i i guess uh how can we show support i there's not really any any solid base to to donate to because something that i was immediately worried about when we saw that it was coming out um that they were clamping down on just online protest was potentially a, a bail fund for yourself or others in your kind of circle. Is yeah, that, so you're telling, you're is telling that me a concern that or GoFundMe uh, has taken down or anything like that. If it goes up, on, if it goes up on GoFundMe, it's taken down immediately. Fucking hell. <laughs> See, and and you, people like people say, oh, you know, I'll send you Bitcoin. Uh, don't do that uh, <sighs> because if I convert it to currency, like Australian dollars, it's, it's taxed. We we have a capital gains tax on converting crypto into into paper money. Basically, it, it's taxed. <laughs> I I don't know the tax rate, but it, it is definitely definitely a tax if you convert crypto into Australian dollars or any. any in fact, even if you convert it into US dollars, it's still the tax on it. Jesus, so, so... The, you, you can't send crypto and you can't send through through crowdfunding online because they got taken down. So there really is is not much. much in a way to support people probably the best thing you can do is share everything you can online both you know in person to your friends and also sharing it online because if we get the international community you know people who are people who are outside australia we might be able to you know have some more headway there obviously we probably would have seen the polish mps protesting uh at the australian embassy i think it was last week or the week before uh stuff like that but like even like i know um 
as I was saying, uh, Clint from the Be Lockdown, he had David Limbrick on, like a politician, like even though, you know, again, politicians aren't amazing, as a short, I'm sure you know from what you've seen <laughs> in America and the UK, they aren't amazing. Uh, they are at least having someone who's, who's because the classical liberals are not minarchists or, or anarchists, it does mean they do, have, they do have a bit more of a broader appeal to to say your conservatives are going to be more likely to, to talk to them than they would be talk to an anarchist like me. So just sharing any, any anything you can. And obviously, you know, if you like promoting stuff like that, if you ever like here in Aussie, come on to an, an American podcast or a, or a British podcast or whatever, promote that. Um, what I'd love to see is uh, people like Joe Rogan and, and Ron Paul and Tim Poole talking to Aussies um, that aren't Sydney Watson. No offense, Sydney <laughs> Watson, but um, you aren't, you don't live here. Stop saying you're the be all and end all of Australian commentators on on, on, politi- on Australian politics. You, she isn't the be all and end all. There are other people out here. Uh, people like myself, Limbrick, uh, we've got another one of our, our movement, uh, Jerry, who's going on um, another podcast in a, a week, about, I think about a week. We had another guy, Jack. Um, who went on Break the State, I think, last week. So we do have people coming on, on podcasts. Make sure you know you, you promote those um, because it is an important way to get to get the word out right now is through podcasting. And, and one thing that we're doing is, I said before how I've got that that group of around 50 Aussies all across Australia. Yeah, um, you got a little network going. Yes, we do all have... connected people. It's confusing. So we have that which I started up. And then we have an actual network called the Australian Liberty Network, not Libertarian Liberty, because, you know, we want to appeal to more people. Broader appeal. I get it. Yeah. So we have the Gumtree of Liberty. I'm going to plug my stuff now if that's fine. Because it fits in. So we have the Gumtree of Liberty podcast, which is on Spotify, Apple, and what's like. Plus it's on the Aussie Networks. Is this your e-militia move? Yes. Yes. I love it. I'm sorry. I got to point it out to be a dick. Yes. No. So... (laughs) Um, obviously, this is this isn't widely known, but the first podcast listened to, I went straight from Stephen Crowder to E Militia. I how the fuck did you find us? <laughs> I, I, I literally I looked up on the iTunes Libertarian podcasts. Yes, <laughs> we did it. And I found E <laughs> So you're yes, like, um, yeah, looks good enough. I think the first three Libertarian accounts I followed on on Instagram were being Libertarian, obviously because. Everyone should mm. follow them. Um, Fuck yeah. Liber- they they Libertari- got me from Crowder. Libertarian Swifty. I don't know what he goes by now. He's the, the, the Taylor Swift guy who's Libertarian from <laughs> Canada. Um, and then and the Anglo was the, that was the third was, was the third guy I, I follow who was uh, Libertarian. Questionable third choice, but I guess that's okay. <laughs> I guess so that's so right. definitely like I have a lot of what we do has been copied from from you guys. I'm going to – it works no, so well. <laughs> No, 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 uh, like, uh, it, it's, it's like, lots of people try and bring, like, a, a, di- a diverse group of people together, and sometimes it, like, fucking kills, and sometimes it's like, eh, but I'm confident because there's a fucking market demand, you know, that's where yes. these things come from. Like, Instagram didn't have podcasts, we sprung up. Australia does not have much of a voice for its liberty movement, it's, it's newly birthed liberty movement, and it needs it, it needs some way for people to connect and network, and to hear these ideas in a in a more casual or you know whatever your format ends up being kind of way you know so as far I'm as i know all for as far it, as I know, we are the it. only australian libertarian podcast fuck yeah uh so the podcast is called gumtree of liberty 
it's a play on the Jefferson quote, the tree of liberty must be watered from time to time with, with, with the blood of patriots and, and tyrants. It's, it's a play on that because, of course, the gum tree is, is an Australian tree. So it's tried to, you know, combine the idea of the liberty with, with Australian trains to take our own, our own spin on it. So we do, we are on, on Apple, um, Spotify, whatnot, plus on the, plus on the Aussie Liberty Network YouTube channel um, where you can access. So we do recorded episodes and we do live streams. Live streams are usually weekends because that way we can get Australians and, and foreigners at the same time. So usually they're Saturday or Sunday morning our time, which is Friday and Saturday night US time. Um, plus obviously the recorded episodes come out every week, although we have horrible recording schedules because it's like with, with, with E-Militia. You know, we try <laughs> think, we've, got, we've got five podcasting hosts, uh, myself and four others. I, so it's always a, a mess to try and organize stuff. We haven't had... I think we've done one podcast with with all five of us. No, maybe 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 even not that. It, it is it is a real mess. As, as just sure. herding cats. It's herding cats. It is. I was talking with you about it on on Instagram, and I agree with you. It yeah. is a lot like a lot like herding cats. We do have that podcast. Then we've got a website going up, AustralianLiberty.network. That should that is up. There's nothing on it right now. Um, tomorrow night, my time, so Tuesday night. Um, for me, we have a meeting with me and the writing team to try and work out how we're going to approach that. So then we'll, we'll be doing two publications. We'll have news, so looking at like Australian news from a liberty-minded um, perspective, plus also yeah. uh, more like a journal work, like you know, talking about like Australian political history and and that sort of stuff. And so there'll be there'll be two. Two different publications there, a, a little bit like how Mises Institute does theirs, where they've got you know several different um, publications that they have. So that's that's how we're doing it. So we're doing that to try and promote the ideals of liberty within Australia. So that's what we're doing. And then the way that foreigners can help out is sharing whatever you guys see from us, especially especially videos of police brutality. Share those with everyone that you, that you can. Um, and try and get that moving internationally to support a freedom for, for Australians because right now we're kind of trapped here. We can't exactly get out, especially not me because the Queensland government again won't let us get out till it's safe to do so. Uh, even then, you probably you probably you probably need the vac- you probably need the vaccine to to um, go anywhere really. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, to, to be a full citizen of society and not just yeah. a, an underling goblin. It's it's a car system basically. It basically is a car system. One hundred percent. It's an Indian caste system, and then social credit scores is karma. That's that's how I've compared it. Uh, because we do, we are going to have, we are going to have um, basically that thing for for social media. Uh, it was came out end of March, start of April, I think it was. Uh, they did a, a bipartisan parliamentary committee uh, looked at domestic violence and and abuse, um, and they did a report and recommendation. I think recommendation recommendation thirty one. Uh, basically said what we need is to use social media, you have to provide 100 points of ID. So that's, <sighs> that's, that's, that's a standard approach for Australians for a lot of things. So like, a lot, for example, but you, the licence is works is worth, say, 60 points, birth certificate, 40 points, the passport could be could be 40 points, stuff, stuff like that, so that they can verify who you are. And then the police were given backdoor access to social media accounts, to the platforms, and they can access your account whenever they want to. I mean, I'm already sharing, you know, all of my social media with the NSA, so it's not too different, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, Jesus Christ. I mean, when you have such a such a blatant 
unholy mix of of uh, state and corporate. I mean, where like, oh yeah, they'll have back back entrances to all of this stuff. It's just like, oh yeah, of course they will. It's like, well, wait, why can they just make that you know happen? Because mm, this shit is already kind of already there. You know, it's like, but see, the, we've, yeah, we've seen it since the Egyptian Revolution and onwards. They they know they're involved and they they know how dangerous and influential they are, and they're like, eh, okay. Sweet deal. The problem that we have is that this is basically like what the NSA did, um, and under uh, Bush and, and Obama and, and, and Trump, with with their um, especially uh, Bush and Obama, with regards to you know having backdoor access to Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, except it's public and people support it. Um, so that's that's a bit worrying. And as I said before, you had Facebook taking down live streams, a bunch yeah. of accounts getting banned left, right, and center. Uh, whenever they, they can be banned, they'll be banned. Um, so really, it is, it is quite quite worrying for for all Australians. As I, as I said at the very start, we don't know what we're going to see. If we did, I could, I could do a podcast every every day and still miss news. Uh, I miss stuff on Twitter still. Um, Instagram even I miss even more on because uh, I I don't post there as much because obviously because the algorithm it, you can't obviously post as much to still get decent reach. Um, but yeah. see, I can't cover everything that happens, unfortunately. I mean, I want to, but I don't have enough hours in the day to, to cover it. Already being, you know, running everything else, it's already quite busy trying to set up the, the website and, and podcasting. Oh, I, yeah. Like, juggling multiple multiple stuff like you were trying to set up right now. I mean, that's that's why I was in the process of realizing this kind of, you know, censorship coming down the pipeline, and we have to kind of fortify our ability to, to get this information out there. And social media is, you know, it's the final days of it being a... A wild west, you know. <laughs> yes, it's it's all becoming very heavily corporatized and advertiser friendly, and it's no longer the place to syndicate useful information. So it's good you guys are moving into alternative stuff like podcasting, and I, I presume you guys are going to set up like a Substack or an independent website or something for this. Yes, yeah, so that, that website, stuff. that website's going up now already. Um, I don't know what it's done through. We are very fortunate to have found an Aussie libertarian who does as his job. Um, he designed his websites. Fuck yeah! There you go. But I have. A, I'm looking at right now. I've got. A, I've got a physical hard drive that has every podcast backed up on it, just in case anything happens. There you go. We're we're saving everything we can, having that backed up because we don't know what's going to happen. Oh fuck no! Y- yeah, those hard copies are going to be essential because I've certainly had so much stuff that I put up in the past just wiped from the internet thanks to Zuck, and it's only going to get worse now that those corporate and state bonds are getting stronger you know especially in, in somewhere like oz so um power to you for for building out beyond these you know mostly controlled opposition platforms um i i guess uh, a final note i mean i would presume that you're optimistic for change because people like us we don't put all of this energy and uh and effort into these things as blood sweat and tears unless we're optimistic for uh for a change in the future of, of making some kind of difference in this awful trudge towards Orwellian life. So one of our listeners asked, do you think Australia is lost or will the pendulum swing back? I think it can swing back. Like my, my stance is, you know, prepare for the worst, um, but hope for the best. I think mm-hmm. we can, I think we can come back from this. It'll be a hard journey, but I think, it, I think it is possible. But it does require a, a massive cultural 
and, and, and changing people's, people's mindset as well. A massive cultural change and just in how people approach, approach the government. Unfortunately, because we haven't, had, we haven't had a civil war or a war of independence or had our like, livelihood threat, we take freedoms for granted here. As, as we see with, with the gun buyback, um, people, you know, love, love the welfare state, both, both left and, and right support welfare state and, and gun control and, 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 uh, hate speech laws, which were passed in 1975, um, started, started back then. There's been more since then. Uh, and again, of course, you know, we don't have a federal bill of rights. Uh, we have five rights in the constitution and those five rights are the right to jury, the uh, freedom of speech, no, 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 right to jury. Going to, going to the top of my memory, at the top of my head, it's uh, right to jury, uh, prohibition against discrimination on the on the basis of what state you reside in, a prohibition against unfairly having your property seized, which is like civil asset forfeiture, uh, freedom of religion, and the right to vote. So we have those five freedoms. Not, not even freedom of speech that doesn't exist as a as a freedom or anything like that. Uh, as early as 1908, you had the High Courts, which did, which came into effect in 1903, it was created in 1908, the High Court, which is three judges, it's our version of the US Supreme Court, it had three judges, all three judges helped to write the Constitution, and in 1908, they were saying, you have the freedom of movement, except when we say you don't. Oof. That's as early. That's as early as nineteen oh eight. Think about that in American context. Imagine Jefferson and and Madison being judges and saying, "You like you don't have the right to freedom of movement." That's basically what we've had in Australia since 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 day one. Uh, you have there are human rights charters or, or, or acts in um, from memory Victoria, ACT, which is the version of DC and and Queensland. But they aren't they are on the same level as the state constitution. They're basically just ordinary ordinary legislation, and they all have provisions in them that allow for the human rights to be ignored when need be. So we don't have that same legal basis, even though as a as a Lysander Spooner anarchist, I don't see having much success there. But at least if we had say a bill of rights, you would definitely have those people would know what their rights are in theory, you would have the more of that might that rights orientated focus, which unfortunately we don't have. So it is going to be a lot harder to gain that ground than it would be in say America, but it, it is doable, but it, it will take years to, to use to years to fix that. Yeah. And unfortunately you don't have the kind of galvanization that we got kind of, I I've seen it as unfortunate and rough as it was, all of this police brutality stuff was a good way to kind of unite ideologies from you know kind of the the pro-gun crowd who are like oh cops are going to be kicking in my door and then the the more left-wing crowd being like you know police brutality is a real issue and and for both those sides to see awful police brutality and for it to be a flashpoint issue at the same time was like a a very strong moment uh in my mind for for building a further liberty coalition and liberty culture because you can just you know toss in all sorts of people from all sorts of different backgrounds and unfortunately during these protests where you've had people, you know, brutalized, being shot at by, you know, rubber bullets and all sorts of heavy handedness from the police. Um, they're just writing it off as, oh, yeah, they're just kicking the crap out of some Nazis, some anti-vaccine Nazis. And it's just getting written off like that, more or less. Um, it, it's a shame that that's the fucking r- very real blood being shed here is not not going to go to use. And. I don't know. Um, 
could you see is there, is there any event in your mind that might change Australians minds if, if things get to a, a terrible point or or do you think it's going to have to be very much a organic push from a movement to change minds instead of something the government might do so there are th- there are three ways to see this happening so either it'll be an organic change from the people it'll be probably the flashpoint would be military involvement mm. so if the if the military gets involved in these so we were at one point we had 800 soldiers in sydney um they on standby oh, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were helping to enforce um mandates oh. Uh, so yeah, the 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 um possibly I think it was the police minister from New South Wales who's liberal, asked the prime minister who's liberal to have to send in the military. He sent in three hundred. They later received an extra five hundred. So they had eight hundred soldiers helping to enforce uh, lockdowns. But if you if if the military is called in against protesters, that's when I think you're going to see people get angry. Mm. When when you have the military being used, uh, so that that's the, that's the first two or the third way would be if we have something major happen in the next election, if we have, so if, if we have a, a lot of minor parties with at the next election, because at the lower house, you can't really do anything because it's, you know, one, one member per, per electorate or, or district, but at the federal level, you've got 12 senators at each, in each state, um, plus two per each territory. So you've got 76 all up, although it's a, it's a 60 year term, although you have, um, elections every three years so you have half, half senate elections so we've got half senators up for grabs this election um so it's six per state um so if we can you know try and i guess if we have enough minor parties in the upper house after that that could be another way for another way forward uh just because it would show that you had the um, people were becoming aware of so that that election is going to really show if people are becoming aware of government tyranny or not, because we've got no way of judging how people what people think of the government in in in, uh, in Victoria because we've got that heavy you know Facebook obviously is stopping live streaming, um, yeah. and then we've got that massive push by the left on social media, but we don't know how the rest of the state feels. So that's an unknown. We have they have the state election coming up next year for Victoria and the federal election. That's going to be. That's going to be a big indicator if we're going to have change. If we see a swing away from, even a swing from Labor to Liberal, um, would definitely show that we do have a, a change in people's approach and and to, to freedom and to the news they're seeing. That's probably what we really need to see. So, I don't like relying on elections, but unfortunately, elections are going to tell us what people think because we do have mandatory voting, so it's going to tell you generally what the what the broad population thinks. Um, again, mandatory voting is probably it's, it's a horrible idea. The only reason it exists <laughs> is the only, the only reason it exists is because World War One, uh, we had low we had low voter turnouts after World War One. Uh, so the so the, every state and and the federal government in nineteen I think it was federally in the early nineteen twenties and but by the by the end of the mid nineteen twenties every state. Um, and the federal government had mandatory voting because they had low vote turnouts, although Queensland put theirs in place in 1915 uh, during the war. So I don't know why that was justified, but mandatory voting is a, is a stupid thing. But in this case, we can use it to, to accurately judge how the people feel because as we've seen with, with um, say, I don't know, uh, Brexit and the last UK election and the Australian election in 2019, we, all, those, all those elections said that the the left would win and every time plus i guess the 2016 u.s election as well and every time the right 
that well, the, the right was successful, even though all the polls are saying the left was, uh, because leftists tend to be less fearful of public outcry against them than the right is. Um, so often the right will say that they're going to vote left in, in polls, uh, but the election will give us an, act, an, act, an actual accurate representation of what the people think. It's not going to be, it's not going to be completely accurate because we still have, we still have a lot of voter apathy um, because it's mandatory. So it's not like people don't get passionate about it. We saw people mm. get really passionate about the same-sex marriage in 2017. Voter turnout was, was oh, I think it was, for most areas, it was high 70s, early 80s for percentages. And that was for like a massive civil rights issue. Uh, so you do have that a high level of vote apathy. Um, it's not could, like a right to vote like it is over here, where it's like people have fought and died for this. It's like they make yes, us do this. I I don't. Call, <laughs> although we as the, the constitution says we have that we have the right to vote, I don't call it a right. I still have the mm. duty to vote because a right implies a right to not like a right to bear arms. You also have the right to not bear arms. Uh, a yeah. right implies a choice. And unfortunately, we don't have that choice there. Or well, you do, uh, but if you choose incorrectly, you get in trouble with the, with the with the law. It's with the same with the vaccine. You have the choice to take the vaccine, but if you choose wrongly, you're going to get in trouble with the law. Um, so that will be a big. The election will be definitely a way to tell public uh, mindset as well. But also, seeing the next couple of months as the vaccine mandates get put in place and people lose their jobs over it. That will also be be very important to see how people react to that. I think we've got we've spoken to a, a teacher who's lost their job over over vaccine mandates, and we might be having them on on the show to try and you know say what it's like. She's uh, she's in Victoria, so you know we want to talk to people who've lost their jobs because of of the vaccine mandate and hear real stories from real Australians who are on the ground that aren't just being filtered by the, by the media. Cause we, we've said that we're, we, we will talk to anyone who wants to talk to us. Um, and we will give anyone a, a platform to get their story out. Unless of course, not going to be a big fan of talking to Nazis per se, just because of the <laughs> image, uh, cause they already call us Nazis. I am considered far right as an anarchist, because if, if, if classical liberals are considered to be hard, right, I'm far right. Uh, so just image there. But, but apart from that, like, we will talk to anyone to end. So if anyone's come to us with, with the story, we will try and give them the platform if we can. Uh, part of the policy we have for the website is that, you know, people, we've set it up um, so people can submit their own articles so they can write by themselves, you know, I, I saw this, here's a story from that, that I saw of police brutality and then submit that and then we can publish it. Um, yes, and then, then it'll be out there for the, for the world to see, you know, having real stories because oh, we don't... So- I like that. We don't hear real stories. Like the media will censor everything. Um, like they'll stop. They'll, of course, they're going to be very biased and then filter what they'll say. As long as it's not that stupid article, we we're probably going to like publish everything that that comes their way because we don't get those stories out. I know even in Australia we don't see them, and obviously the rest of the world you see them even less because it goes through our media than your media. So it's even more more controlled as to what you guys see. So that's more what we filters. Need. Yeah, two, th- twice as many filters. Um, first now, it depends as to whether or not you guys have reporters over here. I know some, like CNN probably has reporters covering this, but I imagine also it's CNN. So, you know, I had the pain of watching CNN's uh, election coverage last year. I uh, did not enjoy <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have to get through a significant amount of liquor to to get through the election. Uh, and especially, especially the coverage from either of the uh, more binary-leaning 
uh, channels. Yes. And as I said, that's all we have over here is binary. All you have is left and right. There is there is nothing Liberty on the left or on the right, really. You've got a couple of small outlets on, on the left that are, that are like um, not major, so they're a bit more independent, uh, but nothing that's seriously um, independent and will report on, on the facts on the ground. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it's a good thing that you're cropping up and trying to fill the gap there is, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see what you guys come up with this, uh, this Gumtree assortment, Gumtree yeah. of Liberty. Well, I think that, I think the benefit that we have is because I suppose from, from this, the start of me being online. So in November last year, I was interacting with Americans from the start, um, on, online. So I remember we had massive protests, uh, that big Saturday we had, where we had massive protests, like, um, I think it was August. Um, I was, because I'm in, in Toowoomba, it's a four-hour round trip for me to get to the protests. And I'm like, I'm not doing that on a Saturday. Like, the, at the time, uh, just at like, the time alone, it's, it's four hours being uh, being a full-time uni student. Like, <laughs> I would rather, like, I, I would go if I could. Like, if I had protests where I would obviously go to those. So I was online instead. I was on Twitter, you know, posting videos, that sort of stuff. And then um, Clint from Libya Lockdown, you know, put out a tweet saying, anyone know any Aussies to talk to? And a few of my followers um, hit him up and said, oh, you know, go check out Liberty Down Under. So he had me on it at 30 minutes notice. Uh, ended up having uh, actually his most viewed live stream now on, on his YouTube, beating out, I think last I checked, it was 4,800, beating out mm. even Dave Smith. Yeah. So there's definitely an audience there. So I'm using that, I'm using those connections as, as best I can. And, and so far it's paying off. For sure. There's definitely, there's definitely an audience for, for what we're putting out. Well, like I said, you know, uh, it, it sucks, but Australia is very much treated like the canary in the cold mine. We we look to you guys and see, like, you know, they they will try this stuff here, and it seems to be the testing ground for a lot of uh, early authoritarian tactics. But Although, um, to be fair, California did beat us to mandates for children for vaccines. You guys did beat us to that. Cal- so, California just hates they hate babies because they fucking drink their blood in California. So that's that's the reason there. <laughs> we're we're, le- we're leading a little bit info wars now but uh um, yes it's it's about that time uh i could i will find sources for all of that probably but anyway <laughs> every californian drinks baby blood um yep we will prove it you heard it here first but um so this uh this journalist um do, do you guys have a a name for that yet is it going to be under the same brand as uh gumtree of liberty or no, so the, so the journalism will be done straight from our our website. Uh, we are probably going to come up with with names for the two different, like because one of them, as I said, one of them's journalism. One of them is is more um, like proper like journal article sort of stuff. We're, we're, we're yeah. probably going to name those um, at our video conference tomorrow night. But after that, yeah, it should true. be coming up and and all be sorted out. As, as, as you and I both said, it's like herding cats. It, <laughs> Libertari- absolutely. Libertarians Building these indi- things up. <laughs> where, the thing with the, the libertarians are very much independent minded. The downside of that being that they often be, often we don't work well together. Often There's lots of infighting and, and stuff, as we've seen, especially in America. Which is yeah, the, I think, yeah. I think that's the big downside. People don't work well together often. Not, not always, but it is often uh, a common I think, I trait think you see the there. The smarter of us, the smarter of us are figuring out, you know, 
two heads is better than one, and so on and so forth. If you can find individuals who are your tribe and you can work well together, you can really fucking build something that will withstand the ages and help spread this message, these peaceful ideas. So I'm uh, excited to see what you guys put together. Um, we will definitely be sharing all of that once they are named and up on the up on the web. But uh, in the meantime, where can we find you? So you can find me at Liberty Down Under, all one word, with you uh, underspelled U N D R on Twitter, underspelled U N D E R on Instagram, uh, because Twitter won't let you have sixteen characters in your at. I might change it. You don't just make it consistent, but at at, at this point in time, you underspelled U N D E R on on Instagram. Obviously, you can find the podcast that I host with other people, uh, Gumtree of Liberty, on on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple. I think it's on most podcast platforms. And the website is AustralianLiberty.network. And the Twitter account for it is at AusLibNetwork. Love it. We will link all of that in the description. Uh, you, you have any final words for the viewers? Any any final message? Just as, I, as I've said before, just if you see anything from Australia, especially uh, police brutality, make, make sure you, you share that with, with anyone that you can. Get the word out there. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I appreciate your uh, your patience with the time zone and all the <laughs> the goings. On. We we figured it out once. I think we'll be able to figure it out again in the future where we can yes. we can get you on once we uh, once you guys launch the site. We'll get you back to, to discuss that maybe with some of your uh, your cohorts. But sure, um, to do yeah, this. great to have you on. All right, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>